go. Quamrods, welcome to episode 16 of the Quam Show. Today we have Tokenizer on the show. Uh, Tokenizer, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Right. It's awesome to be here. I've been watching you guys' show for quite a minute and actually coming on to this show, I was really excited to kind of get the opportunity to come on. Great, man. Good to have you. And uh, on the program for today, we're going to have, uh, obviously, look at, at Tokenizer. What was his journey? How did he get here? Um, the projects he is in, because he is pretty well versed in a lot of other things besides Q&T. Um, so this is going to be uh, the Quamfy show, obviously. And it's going to revolve mostly around Quamp, but we're also going to have a look at a bunch of other projects. Um, and there was an interesting article we're going to have a look at uh, when we have the time. We probably will uh, about tokenization and crypto being the future for the digital economy. Um, so we're going to have a look at that as well. Tim, did yeah. I forget anything? Hey. Uh, I don't think so. I think we're just going with the flow this episode, and you just announced the main uh, main points. Yeah, Jarno, how are you? Just starting good tradition. Doing pretty good. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it's decent weather and. Uh, was excited for the show tonight. Quant price is uh, not all that shit. Mm. Well, it, it is, but it's been worse. <laughs> so the the how, how do you say that the expectation shift and everything returns to the new normal and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, now, man, everything is great. And 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 regarding quant, uh, we've been having some discussions. And, and and when you look at what's going on in the world um mm -hmm. looking at, at the coinbase um center and, and, and there's also a bunch of other uh big companies that are all releasing products that that just ooze over ledger and and and, and ovn out of it it just feels like um i mean last week i was bullish and excited but but this week all the stuff that's coming up it everything feels so fucking imminent Ha, demonetized in the first five minutes again. Love it. Now, um, it's... Uh, I'm first two and a half minutes, actually. <laughs> nice. Um, now, I feel super, super excited and bullish. And I know that um, and, and, and a, a lot of the OGs have the same, which is also really cool. Um, so, yeah, man, just, just bullish all around. How are you? I'm good. Uh, much better than last week. That's for <laughs> sure. No ulcer, no ulcer today. No, I'm 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 fine. Uh, yeah, no ulcer. Yeah, no. I think uh, I actually heard that a lot of people in the Dutch episodes that were just listening to hear how I was doing because they uh, were pretty shocked hearing that I was doing so bad. I just yeah. feel that in my stomach. Uh, I get sick to the stomach uh, whenever the price drops, just because. Well, it, we're putting a lot of work into this, um, and uh, we are just really engaged with the project so whenever things go bad you feel it uh, just like i was super furious uh during the moments we pump uh i always tell other people to control their emotions but i cannot do that myself so uh <laughs> not very consistent with that but uh, i didn't panic i didn't panic sell um i'm still here still huddling that's really and, um, fascinating because we spoke about this in private as well and he, he tim you you actually managed to Keep keep the rationale and 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 stay level headed and think and act rational 
but on the inside you're you're just dying crying and burning yeah and i think in in that regard you are a shining example for for this community because i i, <laughs> I think I, so I, I, i'm just dead when, when when the price drops i i simply physically don't care and my brain is also like yeah okay it sucks you know you get half the money or a quarter of the money or a third of the money whatever for, for your q and a week ago which yeah but it doesn't really bother me mm-hmm. um but since it actually bothers you a lot of people have that and you just show them the way just just yeah i guess yeah it's like riding a roller coaster. You you know it's 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 getting intense. You physically feel it, but you also know if you're, if you're safe because the project you are in is not going to crash at the end of the day. Um, but I cannot ignore uh, the fact that there was a lot of panic last week. We were people were seriously considering the fact that Tether, for example, would crash. Oh <gasps> yeah, that, that, gonna... that was completely on the table. So <laughs> we're going to look uh, at that. There too. was a lot of fear, and and that is kind of the scenario I have been fearing the most. That sure, I know QNT is fine in the long term, but there could be some kind of market event that could could completely turn everything around. Yeah, and that fear was completely realistic a week ago, and I think we're still not really out of the boots yet. But it's definitely better, and it it, it and it helps that I'm just living my life. So I'm just, I've just came back from work, just have a routine, uh, doing the Quamby show, doing some exercise, going to the swimming pool twice a week. You know, doing those kind of things, not being too much focused on the chart. That's a great thing. And we I have a guest. Oh, yeah, huh? tokenizer. Oh, how did you yeah. get get through the last it's nine months already? The I people think. we talk to actually inspire us too. So Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm doing good. Uh, are we just basically, uh, Yarno, were you just asking me basically how I got through last week and how I dealt with that downturn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I have a pretty interesting story about that. So I have this one uh, buddy who basically just follows a lot of what I do. And what I actually did a while back was put just uh, some money into the Anchor Protocol ecosystem. So that was uh, what got hit. That was US Terra, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I actually didn't put in that much myself, just some play money. Uh, my buddy put in... Oh, no. A fair amount of money. We'll keep it at that. So um, <laughs> I, I told him not to. I was like, you know what? 20% sounds a bit too unreasonable to be consistently giving. So I'm just going to put in a bit. But obviously, they didn't listen. And uh, it started unraveling around like 2 a.m. here. And I'm just getting like spam calls on my phone. And I'm just like, what the hell do you want, man? Oh, He's dude. Like, US Terra is dying. And then um, pretty much we just uh pulled out of it at a bit of a loss i think it was like 10 to 20 percent so it's not as bad as we're seeing right now where i think i got a alert on my phone saying us terra touched eight cents yeah so yeah it's uh pretty rough out there right now and it, it got even worse oh us oh, yeah. terra that's a stable coin oh yeah 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 let, let, let's not even talk about us terra let's talk about luna the coin itself because this <laughs> thing went from uh $80 in one week to a fraction of a cent. And yeah, I keep I, saying, it, but I really think we witnessed history. Like we saw a top 10, uh, something a lot of people considered as a blue chip literally just died in the span of two days. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it got a lot of people stressed and, 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 and riled. I'm not sure if that's the right word. 
but yeah, it's ridiculous. I, I spent 200 euros uh, like a week back and I got over 600,000 Luna. Yeah. I, I sold it today, by the way. I sold my Luna stack. I got 90 euros back. <laughs> 600,000 Luna. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's, the, it's the volume there was absolutely insane. It was like nothing yeah. I'd ever seen before. And, yeah. and the volume is gone now, by the way. I, oh, I, yeah, yeah, no, it's gone now. But um, I remember just like, I threw 20 bucks in just to like play around. <laughs> and uh, I think that $20 was the best $20 I've ever spent. Like I had so much fun just like going back and forth. That's dangerous, dude. It is, but it's so, really hard, right? yes, 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 yes. But it 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 could become. Uh, oh man, I did it with twenty, and I doubled my money. I love this shit, and then the dopamine hits. Oh yeah, and for you're sure, learning, man. you're teaching yourself, and and it, it could get from bad to worse. I know for a fact that that that, that I'm, if given the chance, a degenerate gambler. I'm a. I'm 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 really sensitive to addiction of any sort, any form, and um, I I, sh- I shouldn't trade. I'm not patient at all, um, and it, it's no I, because I no just no no. Yeah, it's it, it, well, it sounds so simple. But... Yeah, <laughs> that's the fucking problem. It sounds so simple. We but no, this, uh, did you I, earn I, money? I oh, so sorry. What were you guys gonna say? Did, did you earn money? Did you earn your 20 bucks back? Oh, uh, so yeah, I, I did make my money back. I was just like... Hey! <laughs> yeah, so uh, that, that was definitely nice. Um, I don't know. The, the way I saw it was like, I'm only going to put 20 bucks in. If I lose it, I lose out on a McDonald's Big Mac meal. If I win it, uh, I get another tank of gas at the very least. So I was like, okay, I think the risk reward's fine and... I don't know. I, I feel like um, you're definitely right on that, Yarno. Like trading, definitely, I don't think is for everyone, uh, and it's I don't think there's anything wrong to it. Like there's long-term investing, and then there's trading. You just got to see what kind of sticks with you. For sure. For Absolutely. Sure. sure. Yeah. Today we had uh, at least. I mean, there there was some kind of debate uh, somewhere, and and people. Uh, in a group were ridiculizing us for the fact that we uh, didn't sell uh, the top back in September. And they did. And they got mocked. And now the tables are turned from, hey, we took profits. You guys didn't. They were mocking us. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, when you're a trader, life is easy. Uh, but when you're a hodler, things are a bit more uh, more complicated because you actually get... I'm not sure if Jarno is frozen or just looking very yeah, intensely. Yeah, no, I- Sometimes I just I, I just crash. Okay, that, that just happens. Just like Terra Luna last week. Yeah. I know. but I mean, <laughs> we're a hotler. Like you get emotionally tied into a project for a very good reason because you've done you've done the research. You try to try to trade it. It, it will be so difficult. I, I cannot trade quant uh, uh, for sure. I cannot do that. I can do it with any other token. That's fine because I'm not tied into the project emotionally and, and, and with all the knowledge I have. But with quant, I, I cannot do it. I cannot bring myself. I don't think like one hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, okay, I could sell a bit, and even if we if we half, then I at least double my money there. But I still can't do it, even when my ratio is telling me that I probably should take profit. It's a very difficult thing. 
Uh, I definitely do think there's like a different side to it that uh, it's really hard to emotionally place out when you're trading your favorite project. Like, uh, ironically, I feel like Quant is probably the token I've had the best trading activity on just because, I don't know, it's probably the chart I look at the most out of everything. But with that said, I don't actually trade, like, I haven't touched my long-term bag. I've only continued adding to that, but Mm -hmm. I... I like to keep the account separate where I do have a short-term swing trading account. So I'll, I don't know, uh, buy some quant at the lows, sell at the highs, and then buy back in more at the lows. And I don't know, it's, it's been solid at just sort of accumulating more, but there's definitely risk to, oh my God, what just like shoots up from fundamentals. How do you determine what's going to be the top and the bottom? Because what you just said is kind of like the TikTok meme. It's easy, dude. Just buy here and sell here. And uh, usually, um, like the the way I do it, there's no. I I like to say the way I do it is almost purely based on patience. So, if it looks high and like some indicators are saying it's like I don't want to say overheating, but it is in an uptrend, I'll like slowly dollar cost average out and sell a bit, and then if it goes lower, I'll buy back in lower and if it continues going up then i'm like ah shit i guess i've got to move on to the next trade or wait till this cools down a bit more yeah okay so you're actually not timing tops and bottoms but your your dollar cost averaging in and out of the trend if that makes sense that that's a really good way to put it i've never even thought about it like that but yeah i i I think i think that's, that's that's really a really important nuance because what I often feel that traders do is because they say that is that they're, they're, they're just doing a single trade that, that they have this, this vision or, or this knowledge in quotations that, that, that this is going to be a top or this is going to be a bottom and that they're just dump their, their money or, or accumulate at that point. Um, so, so, so this is a real important nuance. That's why I also continued on asking because we, we both are always urging people um, to do the dollar cost average thing. And, 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 and obviously um, dollar cost averaging can be for, for long-term hodling like we do. But as, as, a, as a trader, I, I am of the opinion that if you want to trade successfully, you need to dollar cost average as well in, in, in a specific range, obviously, there's this accumulation things. And in my opinion, it's really risky. I'm, I'm not a trader or a TA or, or whatever guru by, by any means. But um, I, I think the quant chart is really difficult to trade because there's not so much volume. Might be wrong on that. Really interesting to your, to your interested in your perspective on that. Um, but that's why we urge people usually on quant because the tide can turn so quickly. And, 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 and so violently, uh, as we've yeah. seen in the past, um, so, so we urge people in general not to swing and, and not to trade. Um, so, so maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on, 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 on your trading? Uh, I think I can definitely agree with uh, your guys' outlook on that. Quant does tend to move uh, rather differently. Like, I mean, we just saw it the other day from uh, that big Terra dump, Quant pumped like far more than anything else on the market right and then um if you guys remember back during the kind of elon fud after he kind of killed the entire crypto market and 
not long after, like literally just two weeks after that, Quant kind of started running up to like 50 bucks from the $40 stablecoin meme, right? Yeah. So I think it definitely, uh, Quant has shown some cases of like decoupling from the overall market. So I think in that sense, it definitely is uh, a little trickier to trade. But I think after uh, like, if you're looking at the quant chart almost every day, I think eventually you do kind of start to spot some patterns and some repetition from, I guess, previous price movements. And you can kind of learn to take advantage of that. Yeah. I'm no professional trader by any means whatsoever, but I don't know, like... I, th- I think there's definitely times I've gone lucky with uh, just timing the market. I, I think there are some fairly, very valid points that you make, but I think the, the, the weakness of every trader is getting into that comfort zone. And I remember one of my friends um, was very good in trading platinum, like the... the, the, the... Platinum. And he was very, very good at it because he noticed that there were patterns in the way it traded. It was just ranging. So it was just selling the highs and buying the lows, selling the highs, buying the lows, selling the... And, and that happened for month after month after month. It was making so much money. And then for some reason, the, the, the platina chart just went up completely <laughs> screwing them all over. And he was getting in with more and more and more money. Uh, and it was on this on this um, on this broker like this broker app, right? So you, so it's like a social activity app, so you can see what other people are doing. And he was actually among the top traders on there in in terms of being one. Well, yeah, yeah, profitable. Yeah. It was very profitable, so other people could follow him. But uh... he completely messed up at one point because you go in bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you make one fatal trade. You lose all your money overnight, so that's always the, the perspective I have of training. Like, you can do really well, but one trade can mess up the entire thing. Uh, yeah. Just be careful out there. No, hundred percent. Yeah, and... but but uh, sure. I mean, trading is a very valid method to try and earn more money, and I'm not against it. I'm just not a trader myself. That's the thing I'm just saying. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And like, uh, I, like just back to my point, like. There, there's no wrong way to do it right like i guess if you're trading on 100x leverage maybe there is a wrong way to do it <laughs> unless you shorted uh luna uh during the fud uh, oh uh, I, I actually threw in a short for luna during the big fud um i yeah. got liquid or not liquidated but i got stopped out in 30 seconds like i have oh. never seen that much volume but uh yeah just um to, to what you were saying, like how your buddy just kind of lost everything in one trade, right? I yeah, think, he didn't um, lose everything, but he, he lost yeah, his lost, uh, gains. Lost his, like, trading bag. I think um, a lot of that is on risk management, right? Like uh, you win one or two trades and you start feeling good about yourself. You're like, all right, I'm getting the hang of it. You win four mm. or five. You're like, damn, I'm like kind of good at this. So you're throwing more money in now. You're putting your emotions in. You're like, I think I'm a pretty good trader. So then eventually that comes and burns you. So I think a big part of it is like keeping your emotions in check and actually like managing your trading portfolio, right? Like I probably shouldn't throw a hundred percent into this trade because it's taken me two months to go like two, three X and it sucked to lose it all in one trade. So I'll just put 25% in this trade. Yeah. Yeah. One of my former colleagues was uh, getting into crypto 
almost like in the in the, the, the period of what was that May before everything dumped, and he, he just started, and like you said, he was just selling uh, the highs and buying the lows, and then going to another token. That was when everything was kind of going up, 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 and he when? felt like a god, and he was like showing off everybody, and all the other people were like just holding QNT, just being conservative. He was like feeling the man, and eventually uh, I left that business, and I heard one of the other guys when I asked him, "Hey, did that dude still uh, does he still have his wallet?" No, got overconfident, and he uh, kind of like hundred extras initial, and and then he got destroyed and lost everything. Oh, yeah. oh that's always rough yeah. to hear. It 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 is, but everybody warned him. It's like okay. Everything is in, 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 in full bull mode. There's there's no rationale anymore and everything is going up. You cannot keep this up. No, but I know what I'm doing. Okay, dude. Good luck. We'll see you in a couple of months. And, uh, <laughs> it, it happened. It's, uh, it's just like you guys described. It's so, so dangerous to get comfortable and thinking um, you actually know what you're doing, especially in crypto, man. It's how many people do actually know what, what, what they're doing. Most people are just guessing. And every now and then somebody floats to the surface because he gets it right two or three times in, in, in a single run. And the next run he's wrong again. Um, yeah. So that's why I really like when, when people say, okay, I have like this, this huddle bag and I have this trading bag and, and what I trade profits from that. They generally go into the huddle bag and I just, mm. just keep playing with the same amount of dough i think that's uh, that's good advice <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking about the story you just told about your colleague uh doing trading and it, it kind of feels like the way i now talk about crypto with 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 nor shall i call them normies like normal people who are not really in crypto yeah. because then they, they saw me win right with q and some people knew that i was in yeah but they, they don't really have the knowledge of what Q&T is. And then now they see us at the same price. So they just say, well, yeah, it's just a gamble, right? It's just, yeah. uh, it's just like any other crypto. There's nothing going on there. I mean, yeah. you're just gambling your money. It's very yeah. r- irresponsible to do. That's, and that's... That, that, is, that kind, of, kind of really sucks sometimes because I, because I think we are really doing something different. Yeah. And that's it's... interesting because we're going to get to that later in the episode because we have an article that, that I addressed in the beginning and that, that kind of relates to what, what you just said. That's like the public opinion versus um, the, the, the the reality in a way. Uh, so, so we'll get to a bit. Sorry if I interrupted. No, it's fine. It's just that the public opinion is this. People just feel like crypto is gambling yeah. and um, that it will, it will never really become a thing. Yeah. That's, that's kind of big. I, I, no, that's not really the, how I was meant to say. I mean, mm. I wanted to say like that it is obvious that it will go down again. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a Ponzi, and, and, the greater fool theory. Yeah, and, and also the idea that oh yeah, you should have taken profits. Sure, but try being in this and try to be rational. It's always easy to talk like that about artificial that's for total money outsiders. And you know? Yeah. It's always easy. Yeah, you just sort of sold the top, dude. Yeah, I really feel like a lot of times, like, you know, just mainstream media doesn't quite get the full picture just because most times if you're not like actually in crypto, like to the extent that we are, we're 
I think I can pretty confidently say we kind of look to uh, look at something like pretty related in a crypto every day in our lives, right? Mm. When you're not like that, like, I don't know, when you're just like a normal person going about their daily lives. And I'm not saying you guys are abnormal by any means whatsoever, <laughs> but just, uh, you know, uh, the only times most people get a glance at crypto is when it's in breaking news, like Bitcoin has shot up. 200% or Bitcoin has crashed however much percent or China has banned Bitcoin. That's the only time they see that. So yep. obviously the only things they'll associate crypto to is one, it's volatile, very volatile Two, uh, some countries seem to be banning it. Some seem to be accepting it. And three, uh, all they really know of most times are like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin. And yeah, the, like the, the ones that are in like hype, you know? Mm. exactly mm. yeah well guys with your permission since we're on this topic right now would you guys mind if i pull up that article and we're just going to go through this right now and then sure. we're going to head back to you tokenizer and 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 and, and see where you are where you want to go and and some of the, the projects you're in is that okay yeah i think that's a great way to structure it here we go is this visible to you guys yeah it is okay um <clears throat> So what I intend to do, we're just going to read a little bit of this because there's obviously people only listening. Um, we're just going to discuss the interesting things that uh, that come up. Um, so what we see here is an article on the Globe and Mail. It's a Canadian thing. It's just interesting because uh, Tokenizer, you're from Canada. I am indeed, yes. Um, it's called, it's an opinion piece. It's called Tokenization, Not Crypto is the Future for Canada's digital economy. It's written by Mark Wiseman on May 17, 2022. So it's a really recent article. Um, first image that you see is a bunch of GeForce graphic cards with nice RGB lighting. Um, and the, 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 the caption under it is mining rigs on display at the Thailand Crypto Expo in Bangkok on Thailand, May 14th. Um, and that's related to the article because they're going to talk about Bitcoin. He is going to talk about Bitcoin. So the article starts, Mark Wiseman is a Canadian investment manager and business executive serving as a senior advisor to Lazard Limited, Boston Consulting Group and Hillhouse Capital and the chair of Alberta Investment Management Corporation. Um, and the article begins with the dual threats of inflation and further financial downturn are real and require immediate action from policymakers. And they arise at a time when a litany of disruptive global events have darkened the economic outlook. When I read this first paragraph, I was like, oh, dude, it's, it's this type of article again. It's, it's, it, it's not. Just uh, bear with me. Um, in order to be effective, both monetary and fiscal policy must be surgical, centralized, based on data and implemented with accountability. We must also be cautious when the likes of conservative leadership candidate Pierre Polivier, Polier, Polier, Mr. PP, advocates to opt out of inflation and create economic value with Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. The political appeal of such voices ignores both economic reality and the larger opportunity in this digital space. Colin, tokenization. So this is obviously not a political channel, and I don't know this person. And I how do you pronounce it, tokenizer? You are the Canadian. Uh which one? Tokenization or no? Pierre, the, the Pierre. Pierre. Oh, Pierre. Ah. 
see that, that that's actually french so uh I, the the first what well, his first name pierre uh yeah and and then po- poliev poilevre poilevre yeah. i i think Poilevre. that's uh, that's not as good as i'll get it poilevre poilevre yeah poilevre yeah yeah it's it's like canada also has like a french part yeah, yeah. so uh, quebec is um our only french province but hmm. uh there's a lot of talks about them like wanting to be their own country. I'm not like too followed up on all that, but I know it's a little bit of a political mess there. Been for some time now. Blame Canada. No. Um, so, they're, they're talking about inflation. They're talking about creating economic value with Bitcoin or other currencies and um, that we need to be cautious about that. Um, and then he says the political appeal of such voices ignores both economic reality and the larger opportunity in the space being tokenization. So it's interesting that he already differentiates here between crypto and tokenization of things. And, 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 and that's what this article is kind of about. Um, and what I started this episode off with, it's because back in the beginning when uh, when Satoshi Nakamoto created Bitcoin and, and, and came out with the white paper, he actually wanted to change the world in the coming years by uh, yeah, circumventing the banks and, 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 and having people trade amongst each other because the banks were to blame for the economy going to shambles. And um, from there, you got Ethereum and, and all the other projects coming. And in the beginning, everything wanted to, to, to solve a certain problem, make, make a certain problem go away in the future so going 10 years into the future everybody was supposed to be paying with bitcoin and banks should have stopped existing that was kind of the idea of of, of bitcoin um well with ethereum you had the smart contract stuff um and 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 that was in in my opinion created to get all the human decision making and the hypocrisy and the lying and cheating out of the way so make, make everything fair make make the code law in a way um, and, and the smart contracts are actually dumb contracts. You cannot fool people. Well, then you got the, the, the ICO, obviously, uh, the ICO boom, and, and all the travesties began. And that's when crypto got most attention because then, then, then the scams began because you got the, the massive boom and bust, um, which we obviously also have in um, like the regular financial world. Um, it's ever since we, we got rid of the gold standard, we had these boom and bust cycles to a degree, um, kind of like clockwork. Um, but but crypto just made all that larger because it was very illiquid and there were very few people in there. So every move was exaggerated. And that's how crypto kind of got its reputation for being scammy, being a Ponzi scheme. And um, that's also... <laughs> Because that was the narrative in the media and in governments and, oh, they need to ban and regulate. And everybody saw, well, not everybody, a lot of people saw an opportunity there to create like these circle jerk ecosystems where they just create volume for the sake of volume so people can make money, so other people can lose money. And then they can just blow it up, rug pull it, and then move on to, to the next protocol and do the same thing. So that's how everybody sees crypto now. But still, there are so many projects, and we're going to talk about a bunch of projects Tokenizer is better first than we are. But, 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 but Quant is also one of those. They actually want to change the world for the better. They actually want to make a product 
uh, or, or they actually created the product and they used the cryptography and the tokens um, to, to make it better and uh, to actually give it purpose and utility. And um, I think in XRP was, was trying to do the same. Um, and that's like a very big contrast with a lot of these protocols that you get on the, on the, on the Binance chain, and, but also on, on Ethereum. Um, and, and, and simply because, like we said earlier, the only thing that's being seen by the media, by the governments, is when Bitcoin 2Xs or halves, that's the only time when people see and hear about crypto. Or when Luna goes to zero after it's being a blue chip, it's been a blue chip for, for, for over a year. Um, so then everything must be bad. And then we're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. And that's where I begin my monologue of 10 minutes. What do you guys think? <laughs> because yeah, true. I think that is how crypto came to be, or at least what it is now. It's not necessarily how it came to be, but it's the way we view it now. There's a duality there because on the one end, they're right. On the one end, you got obviously the Ponzi schemes, the pyramid schemes, the rug pools, and, and, and the Do Quans of this world. <laughs> and, and on the other hand, you got Gilbert. You have Gilbert that doesn't give a flying fuck about the token price. He just wants his baby to fly and get known and get used. And so, so, so that's like the, the skills on uh, way to one end or the other. Um, regulation needs to come, obviously, standards need to come, and, and, and there needs to be a culling of shit coins. Um, and I feel like there there is a third uh, well, a third path, and that, that is companies also using uh, crypto, but then using it as a way to just raise capital and keep raising capital. Uh, so, for example, with with Quant, they they kind of sold out at this point; or they have practically sold out. Whereas you also have companies which still have massive amounts of of, of oh, of you're talking about to, Link. For example, yeah. yeah, they tried to they try really oh. tried to do something good, and they're not necessarily Ponzi schemes or whatever, but they do also have huge Shit. amounts of tokenomics. Supply. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like there's a third path in narrative. Yeah, no, that's correct. That's correct. What do you think, tokenizer? Uh, I really agree with Tim on that. I think that uh, there are a lot of projects out there that um, are actually great projects and serve a use case, much like Chainlink and XRP. It's just their token uh, distribution really isn't pretty to look at. Like I know the Chainlink team holds something like 70% of the tokens. And like, I fully believe that Chainlink is like a pretty essential project to the crypto overall ecosystem, especially in DeFi. And Hmm. I think we do see a future with Chainlink in there. It's just, you know, having, um, having bad token allocation doesn't automatically make you a bad company or a bad project per se. Is it maybe a bad investment? Sure. Uh, this isn't financial advice, obviously, but oh. uh, it might not make for the best investment, but I don't think that should take away from the company's overall actual utility and what they provide. That's, that's correct. Yet. Um, I feel that in, 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 in many cases, there there should be maybe more transparency or honesty or i don't know it's it's obviously um i mean companies cannot promote or or discuss or or whatever their token in that way um but i i do feel that 
eh, it's, 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 it's pretty difficult because if you look at the, at the market cap problem, um, which is, I, I, I think, a thing, um, and, and you look at especially the, the, the XRP and the, and the, and the linkies, um, price predictions would, 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 that, that we see will, will put their market cap two, three times over the world money supply. And um, it's, it's I, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's... I think I get what you're saying. And like, I totally agree with that point. Like, um, because of the, uh, well, be, because uh, I'll just continue using Chainlink and XRP as an example, because that seems like what we're doing. But uh, we can both agree that, or we can all agree that both of these are rather large cap tokens, right? Like yes. more more people tend to know about these and they are, I believe both are in the top 20. Yeah, so yeah. I think the room for growth overall is definitely limited relative to when you look at something like Quant, that's still only a billion dollars in market cap versus multi-billions, right? 700K. <laughs> oh, we had 700K. Oh, wow. There's 700 mil, I guess, eh? Yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so um yeah, so for Seven hundred million, not K. That, that would be uh Yeah, sorry. It, I, it, I my... it, <laughs> if it was down to seven hundred K, I think no, I no, no. my stomach. We're, we're, I, uh, I think I'd... Ha! gotcha. No, we're back to one billion now. We're 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 eight hundred thousand euros right now. That's oh, okay, so we're back at a billion. Okay, so yeah. for a quant to go like five X, that takes it to a five billion dollar market cap, right? Yeah. yeah. Versus something like uh I, I don't know what market cap XRP or Chainlink is, but let's just say XRP at 10 billion. I feel like that's, I don't know, reasonable. It's gone way past that before. But if XRP is at a $10 billion market cap to 5X that, that takes it to 50 billion. That's yeah. way more capital than like what it would take for quant to move, right? Yeah. What, what, sorry for interrupting, but what screws up everything is the fact that we're talking fully diluted and, and, and that and, is very true too yeah because tokens are quote-unquote locked so they are not taken into consideration um, if you would have taken xrp and the and the link locked tokens quote-unquote locked i don't know how locked they actually are and you add that then 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 they're probably ranked two and three on uh on market cap Really, I, I don't know. I don't know about two or three because Ethereum is like very high up there, right? Yeah, but what's what's the supply for Ethereum like? What? It's, I mean, let's not get into the math because I'll just make a fool of myself again. But <laughs> it's it's it, it's a lot of tokens. I mean, it, it, what's the maximum supply of Chainlink? Uh, let's take a look. Oh, here I have it here. I'm quite oh, Chainlink up. actually fell out of the top twenty. Uh, total supply for Chainlink's one billion. One billion. Okay. Yeah, and uh, forty so about forty six point seven percent are in circulation. So about yeah, half. Okay. So the, so the fully diluted would be seven billion. I see here in euros. Yeah, it says seven billion here in uh, USD as well. So no, but it doesn't actually take the amounts. Of no, it doesn't take no, no, in no, the no, capital no. Uh, to, to go no, no, through no. a certain market cap, right? That that is a common misconception that I yeah, see yeah. a lot of people make. Definitely, definitely. But I do agree that you need a lot of uh, buy pressure to get there. Because XR- XRP would be fully diluted forty billion, and it's currently twenty, so that's also fifty percent circulating. Yeah, that okay. isn't as bad as I thought it w- it was. 
that isn't as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, I don't know. I think it might have gotten better just like over time because I know last time I checked, uh, I saw something saying like the owners of Chainlink held like 70%, which is, I, I mean, that's like pretty rare to see, right? Yeah, the risk is that if they want to, if they, if, 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 if they would have paid attention, they could just drop all that in a single go in the market and then just, just thank the price. I think oh, absolutely. That, yeah. That, that, that's, that's the biggest risk. And that's also the biggest criticism that Chainlink got. If I remember from last year, um, that every single pump is being eaten by the, 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 the Chainlink team selling tokens. It's, uh, yeah, I think there's a pretty big uh, sort of dilemma, so to speak, around Chainlink. Like, uh, a lot of people see it as an amazing project on the fundamentals end. But when you look at the tokenomics end, it definitely is a little worrying. Yeah, you hold the link if you want to share. I uh, used to hold some link until I saw that news. <laughs> what news was that? Uh, were the owners held 70% of the supply? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that... Uh, had me paper hand out of it a little bit <laughs> paper hands golden brain <laughs> but um wh- while we still have this article up and yeah. uh since you brought yeah. up the name of pierre um i wanted to just uh kind of highlight this one little article that uh i'd seen about it, it uh it was regarding pierre uh basically his significance to canada sort of is just uh he's looking to run for president in the next election Okay, so um, I'll just drop this little link in the chat, but this is kind of his like little proposal as to why uh, why people should vote for him. And um, I don't know, I feel like as people who are deep researchers in quant, we'll find this pretty interesting. Let's see. Paul Yavre, Paul here would hold the Bank of Canada's digital currency would hold the Bank of Canada's digital currency, submit central bank to more audits. Central bank said it has no plans to launch its cash-like digital currency unless absolutely necessary. Okay. Well, we did see Timothy uh, from the Bank of Canada uh, a month ago. Yeah, <laughs> that boomer he, uh, definitely had no intention of launching a central bank digital currency. No, he, he said... Uh, t- so I, I watched the... Uh uh panel too and uh kind of what i got out of it was just uh timothy didn't to me it kind of seemed like he researched everything about cbdc's the night before and yeah, just kind of yeah. came on the panel yeah on wikipedia uh, yeah yeah like uh i don't know it was very like some of the stuff he said i would like um i feel like most of the people here would know this by now so um yeah, I wasn't too impressed by how he represented our country. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, uh, Bitcoin uh, uh, is being used for uh, illegal uh, uh, transactions. Uh, I don't think that uh, is the way forward. Uh, in Canada, uh, we have twelve uh, percent inflation. Uh, that was how he sounded. No, uh, no more than no more than two percent over the last twelve years. Yeah, that was, that was what a terrible said. impression. But yeah, uh, oh, my uh, name is Tim. Like. I can do that. Okay. Our our inflation is not looking pretty here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he here, said though. he said it's never been higher than two percent over the last ten or twelve years, something like that. It was like yeah. So was, um, I was dying. I don't know. I uh, I looked into Timothy Lane a bit more, and I was kind of surprised at kind of just 
I, I don't want to say the knack of law, the lack of knowledge, but just kind of the level of knowledge he was uh, bringing there. Because this guy also worked at the IMF for 20 years. Yeah, he struck me as just a guy waiting to retire and thinking this shit will will not start to fly until his retirement. Does that make sense? And there's also a thing you see here. I mean, for the first uh, paragraph, conservative leadership, hopeful Pierre Poilevre would stop the Bank of Canada from implementing its own digital currency and even ban future governments from doing so while also promising to empower the Auditor's General Office to audit the central bank. This, how can you ask something like this to even ban future governments from doing so? What the hell is that? If somebody asks or proposes something like that, like this, then, then there's, 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 there's no hope. The guy has no perspective. It's just, an, an, I think this is extremism. If I For sure, thought. yeah. And uh, I think this really just shows like, you know, a lot of people don't actually do their research into central bank digital currencies. All they think is government's going to track where I spend my money. Like the government's not going to care where you spend your money. And like, they probably already know where you spend your money by now. Like we pretty much gave up our privacy. Like when Google came out, like Google probably knows you better than you know yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think it's, uh, the worry around it, uh, at times, I can kind of get people uh, hanging on to that hope of privacy. But at the same time, I think people actually need to look into this because a big talk in central bank digital currencies are kind, especially on the retail side, is the kind of privacy layer, right? That was brought up a fair amount at the panel, too. Yes, correct. Yeah, and we, then, we, we agree. Yeah. And then uh, obviously, uh, Gilbert Verdian mentions this a lot, but the abilities of programmable money. That brings a lot of benefits, not oh. just to institutions, but even retail like us. It's called programmable money. You can program it to do whatever the hell you want. You exactly. can make it. You can make it the most anonymous thing ever to exist. It more anonymous than freaking cash, where you put your fingerprints all over it, and that you spend at a store where there's cameras on your face. I've never even thought about that, uh, like in terms of cash, but you're really right. Yeah. Your fingerprints are all over those bills. Yeah. Shall we go back to the, to the article? Perhaps. Yes. For, uh, Otherwise we've got to go to CBDCs and Tim has got to have a freaking. <laughs> you're already itching uh, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Having been an investor for more than two decades, including many years spent managing the pension investments of millions of Canadians. I care about the principle of intrinsic value. That's just when I threw up a little bit in my mouth. Um, but let's continue. It, it gets better. Pricing assets based on their underlying attributes and in turn generating a reasonable risk-adjusted return from those assets. That's like hearing my dad talk, trying to explain that. Oh, well, we all know. Unlike traditional investment alternatives, cryptocurrencies have been and are extremely volatile with their value tied to speculative activity as opposed to intrinsic worth. While one can envision how central bank digital currencies or stable coins could change our financial system and create significant efficiency value down the road, the real benefit that exists today is in the blockchain and distributed ledger technology behind cryptocurrencies. So this is where he makes the distinction that we spoke about earlier, 
um, he's actually saying that he, <laughs> the, the oh man I, I don't want to repeat myself too much um so he he thinks there are two separate things the the, the cryptocurrencies and 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 the blockchains and the DLTs. Um, did, did I get that right? I think essentially is, yeah, he's saying there's like a difference between the underlying technology itself and what people like see cryptocurrency as. No. And I, I think he's correct on that term. Like there is a big difference. A lot of uh, like DLTs and blockchains will continue being essential to our future. But I think a lot of these blockchains don't actually need a cryptocurrency or a crypto asset to fully function. Yes. Yes. I agree. Token not needed. Yeah, exactly. Uh they're um like what what what, what yeah okay, continue please. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, um if you look at a lot of DeFi protocols like um Ave Uniswap Compound, um those tokens aren't actually needed. All they really serve is uh governance, and that seems to sort of be the sort of buzzword to give a token utility. You yeah, you get yeah. governance on our platform. That's the loophole. That, Essentially, that's, yeah. that's what makes it not a utility token and not a security. So the SEC can't catch us because it's giving you voting rights or something like that. Um so yeah, I I think you're right on that, but I do think that the fact that uh, let, let's take bitcoin if if it if the blockchain didn't graduate well, bitcoin is not it's not a good example in this case because the, the purpose is, is the money but for ethereum the miners get get fees and the miners get rewarded in eth for providing the service and and and, and maintaining and and growing the blockchain in a way so if you take that reward away what is then the incentive for people to keep the the blockchain going well there there wouldn't really be an incentive because they're not rewarded to right yeah but the interesting uh the interesting thing about this is um have you guys been following the mica bill by any chance no okay so uh that's the european union's proposal bill that's kind of been like buzzing around europe uh that's kind of where that uh proposal to ban proof of work mining was from oh yeah yeah you, you heard about that one tim yeah yeah, um, yeah, so, we do. Uh, yeah. they they yeah. actually clarify in there what defines as a security token a utility token a payment token or a hybrid token and they do say that if a token is used to uh reward validators for maintaining the network so like uh you mentioned how ethereum works like that right mm-hmm. uh-huh uh, that's actually seen as a utility token in that case. So, yeah, it's interesting how they place the laws like that, or I guess are proposing it like that. I think in many cases, it is also uh, maybe a lack of, of of true understanding. And um, that's also what generally kind of scares me about governments. I mean, politicians... They are, they are not computers. You cannot simply teach them anything of everything by, by, by just letting them read it once. I mean, if, if you're a politician, you can, you can have, have an opinion on something uh, that you just read, like an article that we're reading right now. You cannot expect them to, to, to know it in depth. Yeah, no, um, 100%. I completely agree on that. So they do need advisors 
from the outside, but advisors from the outside, they always have their own agendas, which makes it really difficult to get a proper weight and um, truthful, honest, difficult words, objective, maybe, um, conclusion, perspective, regulation, th th those kinds of things. And, and I think in this case, deeming Ethereum and then the ETH a utility token um, could be correct. But if you compare it to what Q&T does, where, where does Ethereum then stand with their utility token status? Then it's just a mere cryptocurrency, perhaps. That's a good point. And I think, uh, obviously, I'm uh, not affiliated with the European Commission, but I think the way I would see it in that sense is Quant provides more overall utility to the Overledger network than Ethereum does to the platform of Ethereum. But that's not to say Ethereum doesn't provide any utility. It's no. just not as great of a, uh, to say it, it's not as greatly designed as a token model. Yeah. Yes. I think you need to kind of uh, construct your regulations around the principles of the network, not around actual utility, because that is debatable. I think that it is should true, be yeah. about the main principles of what you're trying to do with Well, you could technically define that a utility token needs to have at least three functions on the network to be deemed a utility token. I mean, you can argue that a ton of those um, shitcoin projects um, are utility tokens simply because they reward people for staking or something like that. So that kind of makes everything a utility token by European law then. And that wouldn't solve a single fucking problem. No, that wouldn't. And uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that law continues to play out because yeah. that it um, them stating it like that does set up a lot of loopholes because essentially they're saying any layer one is a utility token because the premise of any layer one's incentive is to uh, reward validators with their own token, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, kind of interesting that... I don't know, they're setting it up like that and kind of contradictory because if uh, you state it like that, that also means Bitcoin itself is a utility token because exactly. its utility is to validate the miners. But at the same time, they were looking to ban proof of work mining. So that's like, you know, things don't really add up that way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously they're all just drafts and, and, and the laws are still to be implemented. And that's probably why it takes such a long time yes, yes definitely um, and i think especially for for europe it will take even longer because you got obviously elections going on everywhere and 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 and, and stuff is changing um so i i reckon it'd be pretty difficult to get a uniform regulation going within a short time frame um yeah but, i mean okay. as, yeah oh i i was just gonna add to that like as we were saying like off stream we we're saying like these things don't happen overnight on like the technical integration side but even the regulation side that probably takes just as long if not even longer it's got it's got to be longer especially since like we said nobody's a specialist and well gilbert okay, yeah. is but it, it and, and most people will never be specialists so how are you going to educate people um on on on, on what policy could, could could be right for a specific nuance of oh, well, it's going to be uh, 
pretty hefty discussion. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. But what's interesting on this article is the guy just made actually his point of what it's about. And he says the, the blockchain distributed ledger technology, that's the thing that's interesting and not the fact that it, it can also make people money. Um, so he, he continues, tokenization is a tool created by such technology. And then there he's speaking about the, the, the distribution, distributed ledger and, and the blockchains. So tokenization is a tool created by such technology and has the potential to immediately create and redistribute value for everyday Canadians. It allows owners of assets with intrinsic value, ranging from real estate to securities, to commodities, to fine art or the digital equivalent, to tokenize their assets into a form that is usable on a blockchain application. In practical terms, it enables asset owners to sell fractional ownership of their asset akin to a publicly traded company, issuing equity, but in a more accessible way. And, and this, to me, this paragraph was like, okay, this is interesting. This guy is onto something because this, the tokenization of stuff, is being talked about for, for, for at least as long as I am in, uh, in, in crypto. So for the first time, I believe at, uh, at Real Vision. Um, and that's like, you could technically tokenize your phone um, and, and then use that as collateral to, in a way to, 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 get, to get a new, a new mousepad or, or, or something silly like that. Uh, everything can be tokenized. And obviously that's on a, on a much bigger scale. We talked about this in the, in the Mobi episode as well, uh, Tim. Um, and um, I'm I'm blanking right now. Someone take over. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. I think the whole idea that uh, oh, uh, Tim, did you have something you wanted to add to it? Um, not necessarily. I'm just thinking about how you would tokenize your your phone. <laughs> just, uh, no, where are we in the article? Uh, which uh, yeah. Where- we were here. We were talking about. Sorry, guys, for losing my train of thought. No, that's fine. To tokenize their assets into a form that is usable on a blockchain application. In practical terms, it enables asset owners to sell fractional ownership of their asset akin to a publicly traded company issuing equity, but in a more accessible way. I think that's an idea that's like kind of been around over. Like, I don't know. I think some of these ideas shared in here. Um, definitely have been shared before in the past like the idea of blockchain and dlt as the underlying technology being something that will for sure stick but a lot of people just seeing cryptocurrencies as that part of the speculation like we we can have blockchain and dlt but do we need cryptocurrency is like how a lot of people are seeing it and i guess uh the whole concept of tokenization especially with um nfts becoming so big over the past two years or so people have kind of looked towards tokenization and seeing how they can apply this to just our current equities markets. And I think the idea of fractionalized ownership is something that would really make sense uh, to kind of just start off implementing this because now you're able to split up the equity between, I don't know, let's take a big company like Amazon, for example, a big problem with investing in amazon's ecosystem is you got to have at least three thousand dollars to start off and if you don't you basically have to sit out and hope it dips to however much money you have to even buy one share 
yeah, or save money. And we talked about this in the Dutch episode with my investment journey. You have to make choices. Do you want to buy shares now or do you want to save up money and have your money do nothing? And I gave an example of, of, of an LNG company, Ontario yeah. uh, Midstream, that was two two euros back then. While indeed Tesla was was like 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 nine hundred or something, I couldn't get a Tesla share every month. But the opportunity cost of letting my I had five hundred euros every, every month, letting my five hundred euros sit for a month and do nothing, so I can buy one Tesla uh, the next month. That, that that just didn't didn't make any sense. And, but and, even and, there, you can buy fractional shares, right? No, you 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 can't in the Netherlands. Well, you you couldn't back then. Not on the Giro and on Flatex. Then okay. you, you can only do that on eToro, and that wasn't open in 2020 to us, to my knowledge. Okay. Yeah. yeah, fractional shares on stocks just became like a really recent thing. I know they only started being like offered here in Canada just last year. There is a mm-hmm. big problem with that, by the way, and I don't want to go too far off topic, but there's this theory. I heard something. I think Rule Pal said it that every stock or every share is actually owned 16 times on average. Yeah, I've, I've heard about that, yeah. And I don't know the... Oh, uh, I was just going to say the overall equities market, um, especially when you compare it to crypto, is just... I don't want to say shady, but it's... Uh, oh, it's shady. Uh, l- yeah, let's just use the word shady, okay? Yeah. So, um, for because example... Everybody, everybody thinks they own... The, exactly. the share or the stock yeah. and it's not the case you you just get an iou for it because yes. at the end of the day um with your crypto at least you can store it in your own wallet you know you own that token with yeah. when you buy a share of like tesla you think you have that stock because it's sitting in your stockbroker account but there's the catch it's sitting in your stockbroker's account and that's who actually owns it if the stockbroker was to burn and fold one day Good luck getting your money back. Situation is even, even more dire. From what I understood is that what happened in 2008 to a degree is everybody started kind of like this this run on their assets. And a lot of people um, couldn't get it because other people already also owned it. And uh, the same could happen right now. So if everybody says, okay, I want to sell my Tesla stock right now. I'm just using Tesla as an example. Um, then, then, then there will be on average 12 to 13 people with with no stock and and one person owning it. So what? Nobody knows who owns what at what point because there are so many IOUs going around with all the derivatives and shit that that actually everybody owns it and nobody owns it. And blockchain and DLT could technically solve that because then you can actually, because it's immutable, uh, look back to who was the initial or the current owner. The problem is to get there, the system needs to get nuked first. So you have to technically start with with a clean slate or at least figure out who owns what before you can implement the new thing. And that's interesting because the same goes for the legacy uh, banking system right now. You, you can't just simply turn it off or just put it on the blockchain because you cannot turn it off for a single minute because then the world economy would be in shambles. There'd be very, very big problems. 
that's what overledger can change obviously for for that part of the world but the um the the, the shady stock market it's got to be in the title um it, it's a very big problem indeed yeah and and the fractionalization and stuff um could happen because it's technically kind of in a way happening right now without people knowing that it happened because if yeah you think you own it but 12 other people own it as well then you technically only own one twelfth of the mm-hmm. of the stock um again it's 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 from from the top of my head and something that i heard somewhere else maybe i'm wrong uh maybe the numbers are off you never know in the comfy show uh, but 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 in 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 essence it, it is correct and it is a big problem and a lot of people that um created that system or own a, a, a large part of the system are afraid and um same goes for banks um i mean they say crypto is being used um by by by, by gangsters and and drug dealers etc but there has never been more fraud than in the banking system right now um and and blockchain will end that in a way yeah um so i can Shall we go back to the you, article then i can understand Sorry. yeah if if you made your capital by uh by cooking the books then blockchain is not very interesting and appealing um so yeah but tokenize you were making a point about uh fractionalizing and 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 tokenizing did you make your point because i interrupted as usual yeah, I mean, essentially what I would, uh, you, you kind of finished off my point saying like uh, how even though they are offering fractionalized shares right now, they're still doing the same system where like they're just handing out IOUs and like basically duplicating them onto other accounts. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there was even a, 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 a you saw that with the GameStop. That's that's where I also yeah, that, noticed. That, that's kind of like what blew up the whole GameStop thing, right? That kind of like brought it to attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because th- th- they simply sold more than that they owned or get could get their hands on. Um, so, th- so they had to halt trading and well, it was, it was terrible. Um, it was mess. Yeah. So um, to continue, tokenization leverages smart contract functionality, the same technology that supports many cryptocurrencies. That has the potential to unlock immense value and liquidity for many investors, big and small. This is the aspect of the blockchain and distributed ledgers that our political leaders and regulators should be focused on. The tool is incredibly attractive because it can provide investors with easier ways to purchase, hold, and trade assets that have real underlying value, including digital assets such as the NBA's incredibly successful Top Shot a platform that allows fans to trade collectible NFTs of past plays. Think of them as digital trading cards. Mm-hmm. Cryptocurrencies, which have no clear intrinsic value, are an impressive demonstration of the power of blockchain. But like the early BlackBerry products, it turns out that the software that underlies many cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin, is far more valuable than the initial application. Um yeah, this, this 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 is what we spoke about earlier already. I think. Or does this make any new points? Tokenizer, Tim, maybe. No. No, I I think uh, the article covers it fairly well. Tokenizing and selling part ownership of one's asset can improve liquidity and increase transparency of the value of their assets, allowing them to borrow against them more easily. 
Valuing an artwork is notoriously difficult, but if a sculpture is tokenized and a liquid market in those tokens develops, price discovery for the object as a whole becomes far easier. After the tokenization of a skyscraper, a token holder would be able to secure financing against their tokenized portion of the building, as opposed to having the mortgage, the entire structure to gain funding, sorry, as opposed to having to mortgage the entire structure to gain funding. That's also pretty understandable, right? Yeah, yeah. Just pretty much uh, tokenizing things will allow assets to be a lot more liquid and pretty much allow for more opportunities, whether that's just borrowing for, uh, you know, buying a house or just lending against your assets. Yeah, and what, 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 what intrigues me the most is that from, from what I gather from this is that it then can just be done on, on the fly if you want to. You don't have to. Um, obviously, it won't be for, for everybody in, in every case, but you wanted to go to 10,000 hoops and gatekeepers, um, etc., which which would make everything indeed a, a lot more liquid, but also a lot easier and, and, and cheaper. Yeah, and just overall more attainable, right? Like right now to apply for a loan, most times you need uh, some sort of, like you, you need to go through a lot of, uh, uh, no pun intended, but gateways to uh, kind of get your uh, loan nice. to get for it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like uh, we spoke a bit about this off air too, but just kind of um, some of these platforms are having collateralized loans where you just need to provide the sufficient backing and pretty much through smart contracts and stuff, you can get a loan on your assets without any intermediaries. Yeah. No loan sharks. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's see. Um, tokenization would allow them to invest in assets that would otherwise be unavailable, creating potential value. Uh, did I read this already? Now, creating potential value for both buyers and sellers with fewer barriers to selling fractional ownership of large infrastructure projects. This class of investor can drastically expand the type of large projects into which they can invest. Yeah, so that's what we talked about earlier, but yeah, the, the Tesla was, was kind of unattainable for me at that moment, unless I was patient and saved money, uh, but the opportunity cost would be high. So I got it to uh, another asset that, that actually gave me a return for, for for that point in time. And in this case, uh, anybody could technically buy into uh, the new World Trade Center if that, that's being created or, or, or mm. whatever other thing, even with, with only like, like five euros or something a month, which is always better than putting five euros in the bank. And if we want to lead as a country in the blockchain distributed ledger technology sector, it is tokenization toward which we should be focusing our efforts, not on a misguided idea that Bitcoin can solve inflationary pressures brought about by an excess of demand oversupply in the economy. In fact, the support for cryptocurrencies by such voices as Mr. Poilevre, driven by criticism of our central banks, show exactly why we need such independent institutions. Politicians are kept at arm's length from them for a good reason. Just look at what happened to the Turkish economy with President Recep Tayyip Erdogan ignored and eroded the authority of the country's central bank in favor of a misguided, polit uh, politicized monetary strategy. 
instead of political theater on the steps of a venerable institution, Mr. Porvevre and other cryptocurrency supporters ought to be more responsible and advocate to make Canada a leader in tokenization that requires investing in the necessary training, technology, and governance structures for this revolutionary technology and building a system of laws and regulations to support it. I wanted to finish the article, although I know that this political perspective was in there uh, out of respect to, to the author. I'll link this in the, uh, in the description so you can uh, you can look this up. I also put the other Polavre thing in the description. Um, I think this is interesting. Uh, he, he ends with, um, it requires investing in the necessary training technology and governance structures for this revolutionary technology and building system of laws and regulations to support it. This is all also obviously Gilbert's vision still being the Quanfi show. Um, and, and, and that's where it begins and ends. So we, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, re regulation is going to take the most time. The technology is technically here. Uh, but the problem is um, what, um, what country is the internet on? Um, there, 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 there should be some universal law, no, it's going to be a wrong sentence, but fucking being created, there should some universal mm -hmm. law get created that, that just pertains to everything that goes on on the internet, because right now there's there's different laws for, for, for well, there's different nuances in the law for many countries between yeah. Canada, United States, and the Netherlands. I bet you there's, there's a bunch of different, I mean, a lot of things are the same, but a lot of things are different as well, and um, since borders are actually fading, especially on the internet, um, th th there needs to be at least a level regulation playing field. And uh, obviously, Gilbert is all about that. Um, but there, yeah, then there needs to be a, a, a calling first of sure. ever, everything that is uh, that is shit. Yeah, essentially, just like a global communication standard, right? Yeah, yeah, and, and with communication, you mean like every, everything that goes over the internet? Well, kind of in that sense, but also like you're kind of saying how there's like uh, regulations and laws around the world that are separated. Like something might be legal in Europe, but it might be illegal in the US, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there needs to be kind of a standard placed around that, especially in crypto, where, uh, you know, some countries have really laid back laws such as like Singapore and uh, the Cayman Islands. But then there's countries with like really tight laws if you look at like China. Yeah. Yeah, but those will those will never, never line up because there's always cultural differences. That's true. Yeah, they'll never be like exactly. But I think there are some standards for certain laws that would make sense to place just like universally. No. Yeah, and, and that's what makes it so terribly difficult that we're not going to solve it with three of us in the Confucius show episode. <laughs> a lot, lot, lot bigger and more experienced brains are working towards that, but it's um, it's a common theme. And you keep and and and, and I uh, as well keep saying crypto, and we're in the crypto space, um, and 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 we we distinguish ourselves from the rest of the world, from the normies, and I I I think that that that's going on right now. 
but but in in five years, ten years, I think what what is called crypto right now will will be what the dark web is at the moment. For 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 me at least, I've never been on a dark web. Wouldn't know how to get there. Can't can't be bothered either, to be honest. Uh, but I think in five years, ten years, regulations will um, will be there. And what we call crypto now will be gone, and projects like like Quant and maybe a bunch of others, um, they will just be mainstream, like like stocks and 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 and, and bonds and and, and uh, precious metals and all all those things. Um, stocks will be obviously also tokenized. Um, I mean, SDX is already looking at that, how to get everything um, digitized at least. Um, don't know if it's going to be tokenized but at least um yeah on, on a blockchain immutable and, uh, and, and 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 traceable i mean it makes everything so much more efficient and honest um so yeah we're making the the distinction right now crypto curious to see how long that will uh, will last yeah i think it's more of an overall blending of the two systems into one rather than like Because like uh, when Bitcoin came up, at least it kind of came out as this new idea of like something completely different, something out of the system. Mm -hmm. And I think the goal now, especially with like how much of a role regulators are playing is more of bringing this new system of sort of crypto DLTs and like NFTs and everything into our current legacy systems of like ETFs, stocks, mutual funds. Yes. And having like that sort of perfect blend where they can kind of work together in like, I, I don't want to say one platform, but like, you know, a single accessible system. Why not one platform? What is wrong with that? I, oh, I, I just, I just felt like that wasn't like sort of a broad way to describe it. I figured if I said like one system where everyone could access everything, it kind of paints a better picture, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, to uh, just point back at the article a bit, something I did find really interesting was um, kind of how they worded at the end saying like there needs to be like global standardization and everything. Because mm-hmm. that is a lot like what uh, Gilbert says, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, if you look in the Project Jasper, uh, one of the, uh, you guys are familiar with Project Jasper, right? Not necessarily. Yeah, I, sure, I, uh... I, I, I know the term and I, I, where you explain them like, oh yeah, but I keep mixing up my Helvetia's, Jura's, Jospers and, and I, I whatever. Can't, I can't blame you at all. I mix up Helvetia and Jura probably on a daily basis. But uh, Jasper is the Canadian one. So that's the one working okay. closely with Project... Uh, oh, come on. Don't let me butcher this. Uh, Yubin. Yubin is uh, the Singapore one. Digital so, currency uh, and fintech projects. Yeah, this um, is new for me. I, I haven't heard oh, of this before. Okay, so I, I mean, I, I could have, but I don't. I can't recall. Okay, so I did write just a little thread about this just a while back to see, you know, how Quant kind of connects into this. Yeah, uh, I guess I'll drop that in the chat too. But um, you know, it's pretty interesting how uh, I realized Quant and the Bank of Canada sort of connected because we do know about how uh, you know Timothy and. Uh, Gilbert came on to speak together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, I believe in one of the 
Yeah, in one part of the thread, uh, they also mention a really similar thing to that article. They talk about uh, basically a need for standardization. And then uh, they actually also even mention ISO. You didn't number your tweets, right? Because I see one uh, of many. I, I just wrote of many, yeah. Okay. Focal link. So yeah, a lot of quant partners or like quant affiliations are also with the Bank of Canada, like Vocal Link yeah. and C, which I found kind of interesting. We're going to ODAP, let's see, LCXQ and T here. Yeah, so uh, that's Jasper, perhaps the most interesting yeah, so if point. You click on that Jasper. image with the highlights, I believe they talk a little. There, there's like a similar sort of language in there. Yeah. So what, so what's highlighted here is, for now, focus is perhaps best place on the need for standardization. The developments of protocols that permit interoperability between other ledgers and networks and the reduction of computational intensity and costs. And the next highlighted part is uh, the International Organization for Standardization, ISO, is perhaps the highest body with this objective in mind, while R3 is also focused on trying to deliver interoperability between projects, particularly those involving central banks in different jurisdictions. Yeah, yeah. There are so many Gilbertisms. Interesting. Was there an other bit in this in this thread? Because uh, that that was the main point I wanted to just highlight quickly. Yeah. How uh, you know the the language they use kind of uh, match together, and that mm. obviously sounds like a similar way of putting it together that Gilbert would put like a global standard protocol to allow interoperability without messing with the underlying layers themselves. Yeah. But I feel like all governments and all, basically everyone in this space is, is, is striving towards the same kind of standardization that is obvious, but it's Definitely. still, it's still in our favor. If everyone adopts the standards, the standards that, that Quanta set in the beginning, they, they will all come to us eventually. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I think if all these gov, like, I think uh, we can agree that the Bank of Canada isn't the only one who's kind of worded like this. There's other governments that have said we need a global standard of interoperability. I think if they're yeah. all saying that, and then uh, we look at Quant, they offer just what they're talking about, right? I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah, it's 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 like uh, like Bus said, a uh, guest we had a, a couple episodes back. Um, Gilbert is actually banking on. Cre he's creating the standards and the rules and and kind of like leading the herd, and he's banking on the fact that people remember that when the regulation is finally there and they need a solution, that 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 he is the man that actually already has it all figured out and that they're then going to go to him for his solution and, and, and the one-stop shopping. Um, so that right now, not necessarily all the people using the Gilbertisms are, are partners. And I know this sounds like FUD, but, but it's not. Um, because a, a, a lot of countries and banks and, and big enterprises, they're simply not ready yet to, to take the leap into DLT and, and, and blockchain yet, but they know it's coming, but they just want to hold out because those things always cost money, but they do want to adhere 
to the the rules and regulations, the level playing field. I mean, everything is either mandatory or really, really enticing. So eventually the, 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 they will bend the knee and they know they will. Um, so even though they potentially do not already use quant products at this time, the chance they will in the future is pretty high because the guy that, that, that told them before everything was already law that they needed to get ready because it's going to be law eventually, they kind of saved their skin and saved them a lot of money. I, th- I think they will have, yeah, in Dutch we call it the gun factor. How do you call mm-hmm. that in English? The, the, <laughs> the sympathy, I think. Like yeah. the, you, you get the sympathy. Like you were the guy that saved them in the, the first place, and then you're like, ah. Yeah. And, and, they they seem like the good. Okay, good I, I think I understand where you're going and, with and, that. And the, and the yeah. trust, of course, because if somebody is so visionary that he knew years in advance that what the future is going to look like. I mean, and Gilbert had it right a lot. I think that, um, that, 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 that sparks confidence. Yeah. I think definitely. Yeah. Uh, seeing that someone's kind of, uh, not only worked at the level that Gilbert Verdine has, but also seeing like his background in, I guess like I don't want to use getting it right as a term, but yeah, getting it right and actually like seeing where sort of this space is going to. Yeah. Yeah. Tokenizer, I have a question. Yes. Um, obviously you brought up the, the, the US uh, DT uh, thing, the, 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 the terror yeah. argument. Do you, do you want to start there or do you want to Tell us about your crypto journey so far, because we kind of mixed everything up. Yeah, I guess we kind of got a little carried away. Excited, hey? Well, we we spent the, the the lion's share of the episodes on tokenization, which is part of your name. So we did. Well, true. That is very stuff. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess um, we'll move to the other side of the uh, sort of breakdown now. Um, did you want me to? I guess sort of just yeah, share how I got into here, pretty much. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, so I first got into crypto around Q3 of 2020 when my uh, when one of my buddies at work told me about Bitcoin. And at the time, I was already like fair, fairly invested in the legacy market. So like, you know, your stocks, your ETFs and those kind of things. And you, I always you, you thought... were you, 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 OK, now move on. Sorry. No. OK. Uh, so. Yeah, I was kind of in the legacy markets for a while. And then um, I always found it really annoying how it took you two days to actually settle a security because that's how legacy systems work, right? Mm. And uh, that really bugged me. So I was beginning to be like, okay, I really want to um, find a way to put in investments or just trade overall, but I don't want to have to wait two days because a lot can change in two days in markets like these. And um, I don't know, I'd like heard of crypto at the time, but I never really gave it that serious of a look until one of my work buddies were like, you should really look into Bitcoin. And he told me about the whole narrative of digital gold and everything. So I kind of took a look and I was like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Um, it's still a little speculative and I've heard some pretty interesting stories about it back then. So, uh, you know, I put a little bit of money in, but it wasn't anything serious, not something... I was like constantly monitoring until I found Ethereum and I was like, 
wow, this is like far more robust than Bitcoin. Like you're actually trying to build a whole ecosystem in here. So that really got me digging. And then I started digging into other protocols built on Ethereum, which led me to other layer ones eventually. So like your Solana, I I didn't actually look into Solana, thank God, but uh, you know, your Polkadots, your Algorands, your XDCs, those kind of things. And that really had me fascinated. And now I was like, okay, so there's so much more to crypto than what mainstream media is showing us. Like all I ever heard from mainstream media was like Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and that was about it. And then it was uh, eventually I followed uh, Crypto Nagato. I know you guys are pretty well familiar with him. So I followed him and he started shilling this coin called QNT. And I don't know, it was something about him that made me trust him more than most of these crypto influencers. So I took a look at QNT and I was like, this thing's sitting in like, the lower 200s why is he shilling this coin out uh so i got a little bit skeptical and so i did my research because i wanted to see what it was all about and like literally just by going onto their website and watching their video i was like this is something completely different from like what bitcoin ethereum or all these other layer ones are building they seem to like actually be wanting to build a business around blockchain and dlt so i looked a little more and then I uh, stumbled upon the Telegram group and that's when uh, I started asking just some really beginner level questions like, why do we need interoperability? How does Quant solve interoperability? Doesn't Polkadot solve interoperability? And uh, that's when Son... Oh, you were uh, dead guy. <laughs> Sorry. I was that guy, yeah. I was that guy. <laughs> I was that uh, guy too, honestly. So. No, that, that's great. We all were, man. We yeah, were. I mean... Uh, At times, I think um, it's good to be that guy because that shows you're actually curious about the project rather than asking questions like when moon, when gateways, right? So It's all um, about the way you ask the question, in my opinion. If I see that people are genuinely interested, I spend time on them. But if they don't, then... Yeah, that's a good point. Like if they're actually curious on how this works versus they're curious on how it's going to make them money. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I was asking some really beginner level questions. People were probably getting a little annoyed. So uh, San, I'm sure you guys are also aware of San, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He pulled me aside into a private DM and he basically just like explained everything from like start to finish for me. And uh, that really made me think like, this is really a community that like isn't focused on just like, the money or anything but they actually want to see like why this technology is going to be like implemented in the future son is a legend he 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 helps so many people out and there's patience and it's it's yeah you're you're no you're no me and son are the the admins of the dutch uh qt yeah yeah uh i of cyber is also an admin and and lucas but they uh kind of um they moved away a little bit from Quant. So now yeah, it's yeah. me, uh, me and Son. Yeah. Huh? A little bit yeah. on the back burner. No, but, but, but Son is a genius. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad he, quote unquote, reeled you in. And uh... yeah. yeah. Yeah, so uh, that, um, that really woke me up to the other side of crypto and seeing like, not everything's just like, you know, um, when you look at Ethereum, essentially everything's uh, 
they've basically built their own little island and kind of stuff around that island, but it doesn't connect to any like core legacy infrastructure, right? Yeah. And that's, um, while that's cool and all, like it's a really cool concept. I'll have to admit that, but it's really hard to drive actual adoption when you don't have any bridges to the legacy infrastructure. And that's what I saw in Quant. I saw their partnerships with like Oracle, Sia, and kind of Gilbert's work with uh, HM and England, obviously. And that really made me think like, okay, so this guy has a ton of experience in the past in kind of legacy infrastructure. And now he seems to want to, like what I saw in Quan at first was Gilbert being someone so tied into the legacy system was set out to kind of build Quant to bridge uh, our legacy systems into this new world of blockchain and DLTs. Yeah. uh, Sorry, did you have something to add? No. No? no okay. I'm, I'm just agreeing with you, man. I, oh, okay. I, I love your story. Yeah, so um, I saw that, and then um, I was pretty deep down the quant rabbit hole for three to four months, just like constantly looking through any banking document and pretty much pressing Control-F, interoperability, API gateways, all that kind of thing. Um, and then eventually I started looking into quant's other crypto partners. So I was like, okay, if a project is this powerful with this much connections and legacy i think you should probably take a look at what partners in the crypto ecosystem that they're partnering with because those would likely be much more likely to succeed and build a sustainable future and everything so that got me diving into like constellation network dag uh unison lcx alliance block all the other projects that quant is like connected to and working with nice tim did you make a note of this the, the quant with crypto connections uh well the, yes the... by making it now thanks oh is this just for the timestamps yeah, yeah yeah i think this, oh, yeah. there's a lot of people that are going to find this particularly interesting because quant as, as you want to know that, that i'm going to keep this as short as i as, as, I, as I can um the, the crypto connections are kind of known but 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 also uh kind kind of unknown and it's it's actually kind of fud in a way within some circles that quant is quote unquote only focusing on uh, a legacy it's a bankster coin um, blah, blah blah and 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 people just go over the the crypto partnerships pretty quickly because most of the crypto partnerships suffer the same fate as, as quant does and that's that there um there's, there's there's not much traffic there's not much buzz there's not much hype it just goes down with bitcoin um so, so it's yeah and i said i'd keep it short so we'll keep it there <laughs> yeah but um about the quant partnerships like um, like on the crypto end at least on the legacy end we see development everywhere right like we see Lackchain coming live in 2023 we see mm-hmm. like we've seen oracle we've seen all that but on the crypto side there's not too much development on the news right and um, the way I, I personally see this is um, every project Quant is partnering with on the crypto end is uh, also looking to build out their own legitimate regulated ecosystem, right? Yeah. That definitely. takes time and work. So um, the way I'm seeing it is they've established these partnerships, but they haven't really done too much yet, either because there's a lot to do or because uh, they haven't officially announced it or just simply because all every both parties are trying to build like 
critical infrastructure, essentially. So they want to lay that foundation first and then eventually come back to partner up together and actually set out on their goals. I agree. And um, I think it's kind of the same approach as that we take, whereas we are mostly invested into Q&T itself. And, and you just go into the, the, the more crypto partnerships of, of Q&T. And, and I think it's a very valid approach um, because I think at the end of the day, the, uh, the, the, the most potentially promising projects are early with Overledger and, and are early with the network. Um, yeah, right? You, you simply cannot partner with Quant and not play by the rules. I mean, if you want to be a Quant partner, you need to play by the rules. You need to abide to regulation. Future regulation is not even here yet. Um, I, I think there are some, some serious... Um, auditing, vetting going on prior to Quant saying, okay, we're going to announce us uh, as, as your partner. I think. Could be no, wrong, I, but, uh, I fully agree. Like um, When you've got someone like Gilbert Verdian as your CEO, uh, I don't think he would want to partner with something like, uh, I don't want to use Tether because they fully, uh, they kind of gave their report today, but you know, something that might be used for money laundering. No, but um, yeah. While, while we're on the topic of quant partnerships, I figured uh, I'd share this little mind map of uh, connections with some that do relate to quant. Um, I'll just drop it in the chat, and I guess uh, Yarno, you want to open and screen share? Oh, I'm just hoping it doesn't take a while to load. I know Figma. You know about Figma? Well, no. Yeah. I, I Is it like Prezi? Yeah. Uh, Some like Prezi. Okay. I, I, I didn't know. Uh, I, didn't I use know it about... at Backify. It's a, it's a pretty sophisticated... Um, it's, it's, it's for graphic design. You can simply load in any plugin that, that you want, and it's it, it, it zooms in indefinitely. Well, maybe okay. tokenizer can... can can explain it better but it's uh uh the the way i like to kind of uh say it is it's a very easy to use and much more uh i guess simplified and portable version of uh photoshop interesting nice yeah is is, is is it like freeware free to use because it's free yes it's completely free uh if you want a if you want to use it at like a sort of enterprise level where you're like making new graphics every day, then you're going to have to subscribe. But if you just have like one big map where you constantly just play screenshots in, it's really not that bad and it's free. Nice. And I'm making note of that as well. Sign us up with the Comfy Show uh, Gmail account. I will. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so um, this little map is just kind of... um, if you guys look in the middle, pretty much every one of these projects connect to Quant, right? Yeah, I'm terrible with logos. Um, the one on the on the on, on the right, LCX. The, uh, the one you have your mouth, yeah. So that one's LCX. The one below is Alliance Block. That's Unison, and then up there is Constellation Network. So yeah, I found it really interesting how um, every one of these quant partners not only is partnering with quant, but they're also partnering with each other in between this this little network. 
So for example, like Quant's partnered with LCX, but then LCX is partnered with Constellation and Constellation is also partnered with Quant, but they also happen to be partnered with Unison. And it just forms this like little circle of endless loops around it. Interesting. Interesting. And you got all these articles in there. Yeah. So those articles are talking about the partnerships. Um, that article between Unison and uh, Constellation Network is basically having them uh, having Unison, which uh, is an exchange that Gilbert Verdian is actually an advisor on. Uh, what they're planning to do there is to be running a uh, Constellation Network's uh, validator node on their platform and then kind of distributing some of those node rewards back to the community of Unison. And what's really interesting about uh, Unison itself is yeah, so you guys are aware of Gilbert Verdian's ties to Unison, right? Mm-hmm. I do, yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you guys read that article that Unison posted, they also mentioned something at the end saying uh, they'll be running an overledger gateway on Unison's platform. I don't know if I put it in that screenshot, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, this is just like going off the top of my head. They also did mention something regarding uh, their incubator program, which is sort of the other component aside from their exchange that will uh, be looking to incubate Quant's MDAPs that are being built on there in the future. So I think that's a really cool concept because how their uh, incubator is working at the moment is they take in projects and part of the tokens paid as a fee to uh, take it into their incubator is paid out to their community. So I think in the future, we could potentially see multi-ledger tokens being distributed out to Unison, just holders. Interesting. Multi-ledger token. That that, that got my brain racing. <laughs> Been a part of the discussion in, uh, in some uh, some groups for the last couple of days. Um, there's there's so much going on in this space, man. Like you said, it's such a freaking it's crazy. Hole. Yeah, I always say, but uh, crypto is really a full time job if you're trying to be active in here. Yes, and I'm not sure. I think Jordan must feel the same. I feel like the the speed on on the background is is, is getting higher again for some. Yeah. It could also be just our FA catching up with reality. That that could very well be, but. <laughs> Uh, I feel uh, everything is picking up, just like you said with the MLT stuff, and 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 what what's going on with with the stable coins, and 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 and, and it, it seems like everybody is coming out with with some sort of um, partnership nugget revelation. They're they're, they're starting with with, with 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 crypto or being compatible with. Um, sorry for interrupting again. No, no, it's fine. Uh, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it feels like, at least for me, that that COVID is kind of over. The restrictions of working from home are kind of getting lifted. So you see the entire circus uh, speeding up again. Uh, I think that point is definitely true. Like, uh, we're definitely, like, recovering. Our our recovery from COVID is definitely accelerating, maybe not on the financial side, where we're still kind of in a mess around the world. But just like... If you look at the labor force and unemployment rate charts, it does show we're approaching back to levels before pre-COVID, which is, um, I guess if you look at it like that, probably a good sign because it means we're like going back to levels of production 
that we were at before we had this like shortage of labor. Yeah. Yeah, the, the main issue now is the supply chains, really. And and in fact, the, the many economies are overheating. So there's there are more jobs than there are, are people willing to work. So that's yeah, also so very interesting. Think, uh, I don't know. I think a uh, not to get too deep on the macroeconomic side of things, but, you know, I think a recession isn't out of the question or at least a short term one. No. Yeah, that will be difficult. <laughs> It will be, and it'll be, uh, you know, uh, interesting to see how it plays out. But um, yeah. yeah, pretty much the reason I wanted to share this little mind map was just uh, little I, mind map. My God, dude, this is a fuck ton of work. Just getting this, <laughs> this, this, this structured and organized is making my brain melt. If I would try this, <laughs> it would be just same as a bake a cake. Be a yeah. This this is definitely can, can we. Do we have the rights uh, to share this in the in our comments, or is it your private work? Uh, oh, uh, anyone with the link can view it. So if you guys want to check oh, it you out, you can view uh, it. Oh, sure. We'll uh, we'll put it in the description. Uh, uh, but before I confirm that, Yarno, do you, do you want to try like clicking on one of the images and seeing <laughs> if you can delete it? I I just want to make sure like people can't mess around with it, and like I log in and someone's just like deleted all my work. Yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's just my. I don't want to do this, but just 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 by clicking now, I... uh, like click on one of the screenshots, like uh, I don't know, just like one of their articles. Okay, so you're not able to delete it. You can just feel so. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, feel free to share it, and anyone who wants to, like, uh, dig in deeper on these other projects, not just quant and also their partnerships feel free to do so do so yeah definitely we'll put it in the description so if you want to look at yourself go to the well go to the description of either the or video on youtube or uh the podcast you're listening right now on your favorite audio uh platform you can see it but hey tokenizer so yeah, we're, we're talking about the connections uh of, of QT to other cryptos but you're completely free oh, to talk oh. about your huh I, I'm logged in now. Yeah. I can't, and I I can't delete things. Great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but hey, you're completely free to talk about your portfolio with us. So, okay. uh, what so... do you invest? In? Really, that's interesting stuff. I mean, <laughs> you're yeah, yeah, me yeah. are uh, sad uh, quant maxis. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, how's the um... world out there? <laughs> I uh, I wouldn't say I associate myself as a quant maxi just because I do talk about all these other projects, but I have said it before. Um, and especially during that interview I did with Greg just two weeks back, it hmm. really made me feel kind of back at home, so to speak, because I feel like whenever I'm running around digging through all these projects, whether it's like quant, Alliance Block, Morpheus Network, whatever, um, those all kind of sprang from my sort of passion for digging deeper into quant and realizing there's more to crypto than just like looking at charts. There's like digging into documents and reading between the lines and everything. And I feel like because I kind of started that off with quant, whenever I do go back and dig up more research on quant, I'm like, 
you know, I kind of miss this as much fun as it is reading into like federal, uh, federal defense contracts from Constellation. So Constellation's partnered with the U.S. Department of Defense, and they've landed a uh, phase two contract, which is pretty impressive. And reading that stuff is definitely like interesting and stuff, kind of learning about how stuff moves at the federal military level. But I just, I don't know, uh, something about reading uh, about API gateways and um, digging through banking documents to see mentions of ISO and stuff. That just, uh, you know, really makes me feel back at home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess um, to really answer your question, uh, in terms of portfolio management and everything, quant is my largest position. It's at about 55%. There was a point where it was like eating up about 80% of my portfolio when everything was still up. Yeah. (laughs) That's definitely the one I'd say I've allocated the most capital to. Constellation Network is my second biggest bag. So DAG, uh, that is a quant partner. And what they are partnering to do is to actually create the idea of smart cities to become a reality. So that's like implementing IoT into every part of our daily lives. And I don't know, I think, uh, honestly, that might be even if there's not much development on it, I think in terms Mm -hmm. of crypto to or yeah, to crypto to crypto partnerships, or even just crypto to legacy partnerships that is the biggest idea out there like when you're talking about implementing iot into like every aspect of our daily lives that's like actual innovation that we'll get to see every day right i i i i remember some fud well i think i remember some fud that the 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 quant DAG partnership was actually over can you maybe respond to that i've never actually heard of anything like that that's that's the first time I've heard about it, at least. Same here. Country cold up. <laughs> who, uh, who, and where? There, there was ob- obviously it, it was something stupid, like the the logo was of the website, or constellation. Cre- that's it. They had their own solution for interoperability, and they didn't need Quant for that. So. Or is that AOBT? There's so much bullshit going on in this space. Are, aren't you talking about Link itself? No. It's CCIP? Or is that ah, no, no, no. No, no. Okay. No. No, no. No. Well, okay. So um, Constellation does have their own interoperability solution, but it doesn't scale to the level of uh, how Quant does it. And um, I actually had just a tech guy explain, to me, uh, explain this to me on like a better scale because he obviously understands it on the technical level better. And uh, I'm not going to act like I understood everything he said, <laughs> but um, pretty much uh, to break it down simply in layman's terms, he's saying uh, Constellation is able to solve interoperability at uh, still a multi-chain level. So kind of like how Quant's doing it. And they're able to scale that outside of just blockchain. So the way Constellation works is they uh, break everything down on their network to raw data. And that's essentially what transactions are, right? Uh, the way we're communicating right now even is just through data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of how they operate. And the way they get their interoperability is by referencing different data points on different networks. Now, that works well, but uh, when you build that out to a full scale, um, for some reason, according to Just a Tech Guy, it doesn't scale out to like a global internet scale. 
where it can handle like i don't know essentially like half the world on it at all times and i think when you're talking about smart cities and iot uh and connecting the world together essentially you need that internet scale of interoperability that quant offers because i think what bag will offer or constellation is the cybersecurity and encryption of these uh smart cities and all the data flowing because uh to describe Constellation in one word or one sentence, I think would just be your own data pipeline that you can customize to your own likings and your own consensus. So I think the flow of data will be up to Constellation in that partnership, but I think you still need the interoperability scale of quant to have this become a reality and connect them all together. Okay, so it's more of an end-user solution than it is uh, for for a government skill for uh, constellation yeah so so is, is the constellation solution then more of a you install it in your in your tesla and and everything that is in there can communicate and i'm breaking my um, brain the, on this the way constellation does it is um they i find them actually a really nice middle ground between uh retail and uh, just federal government levels because you know how like with ethereum and solana and everything that's like very retail sided there's yeah. like next to zero utility for governments on there right mm. uh, constellation is different because of um well i just mentioned their partnership with the department of defense right mm-hmm. that uh that obviously shows some demand on the federal level as opposed to the retail level so the um that partnership is actually to connect um all the agencies in the u.s department of defense together so that would be like the navy in the sea the air force in the sky and the military troops on the ground so uh they are being seen as a use of interoperability at a certain level i think it'll Mm -hmm. more so be used for uh connecting legacy it infrastructures together versus quant where you're not just connecting blockchain to blockchain but you're connecting legacy to blockchain or even at times legacy to legacy Mm. So yeah, that that's uh, kind of how I see it, and kind of how uh, just a tech guy kind of broke it down for me. And and, and sort of being a moon boy here, but um, how how is how is Constellation doing like in in terms of price and then in terms of tokenomics and stuff? I get uh, I get the story behind it. I mean, uh, I'm just interested in how is the it's yeah obviously yeah. not doing well, but I'm I had the same also looking. Tim. Myself question. for just inter- uh, interesting entries in, into the rest of the market because I when don't moon, know, brother, there, when moon, no, no, I mean, I mean, truly, if there is a moment to get into crypto and to get into other projects, I think we we are near bottom levels at the moment. So I'm just yeah. looking for uh, interesting entries. Left and right. You know, um, I'd agree that uh, I think we are near a bottom. Um, I, I I know you guys probably don't like try to integrate any if much uh technical analysis in here so we we'll keep that part up but it's interesting yeah. Uh, yeah okay uh but i don't know uh just a quick sentence from a technical analysis standpoint i think uh bitcoin will likely still uh retest the 200 week moving average we haven't done so since the start of covid when everything hit and i think mm. after a good year or so of just like I mean, we've ran up like 10x from well over 10, 10x from our bottoms of like 3k in COVID. So I don't think a retest of that uh, 
is too crazy to think. It's at about $22,000 right now. You're saying Bitcoin will touch 3K again? No, 22K. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Obviously, that, that's just how I'm seeing it. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball or anything. But uh, in terms of Constellation's price, um, obviously, that hasn't uh, been the best. Nothing's been that great in the markets lately with uh, what happened to Terra. But uh, what they do have going on for them is they have a program for staking for a soft node. And that's supported through their uh, trademark exchange on their platform, Lattice Exchange. Pretty much how that works is as long as a user provides sufficient collateral for a node, which is 250,000 DAG at the moment, they just have to lock that DAG and uh, they get the rewards from a node. So I think that's somewhere around uh, 10, 15% APY at the moment. DAG is a dime right now. It's a, it's a dime? Okay. What's that? 10 cents, right? Uh I think I saw it go as low as like seven cents at one point, but yeah. yeah. So if we look at the max, catch that. Yeah, last year it was shot up to like forty-five cents. Yeah, forty-five cents, and now it's yeah about about ten cents. About ten cents. So yeah, uh, what I was bringing up about the nodes for was just essentially. Uh, there's a lot of demand for staking on these uh, nodes. So that definitely helps with easing off the sell pressure for now, at least because people are incentivized to kind of lock their tokens and continue earning a yield on it. Yeah. So it's a market cap of 278 million trade volume of about a million position under 56 What's the? I feel like if, if if you're trying to look for bargains in this market, this is the moment to start accumulating again. Yeah, if you have to the, the balls. I mean, I'm already fully in quant, uh, but if you're just starting, and this is not financial advice, but look at some of those other cryptos. There are some gems out there. What's that? Definitely, yeah. Uh... Three and a half billion. Three and a half billion tokens. And, two, yeah, and so half, two and a half billion circulating. I know the team. Uh, the team's actually burnt all their tokens, just like they said, out of goodwill. I don't know if that is priced in there for sure yet. I don't know either. I've yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think you'd have to like go in the white papers and check and everything, but that's probably yeah, yeah. a rabbit hole for another time. Yeah. But uh, where were we? I think we were talking about, oh, I guess we went over to Constellation because we were talking about how my portfolio allocations, your, right? Your shitcoin portfolio now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we yeah, we but, always troll that because we're quant maxis. You know, I can't blame you guys. Uh, so, so, so what else? Because because you got the Constellation, uh, that, uh, the, the price hasn't tanked as much as I expected compared to many others i mean from 40 cents back yeah to no 10 cents, it, it, that, that isn't that bad the volume is terrible though 
Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, if you guys want to see some charts that don't look as pretty, uh, we can go down my portfolio and <laughs> charts are going to look worse. <laughs> now, let's, 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 just, let's just pick two other projects because I, I am curious because what, what we said is um, what my thinking was is if, if somebody is in, in quant and he knows quant and you know quant, I think you're, uh, you're pretty well read on it. And wh- why would you hold something else i mean you got your brain you got 55 percent of 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 your your worth in qnt and no matter how you slice it 55 percent is more than half now let's say you have about 10 10 tokens that that means that's that's a pretty big allocation for quant but you still have other tokens on the side um no dag is one um what's your second second large or third largest uh, my third largest, uh, this isn't going to be really interesting. Uh, we did go over this a bit off air, but it's Ethereum. And kind of the reasoning for that is because it's one of the few assets out there that you can collateralize as a loan. So we were kind of talking about that in the article we were going over, right? How yeah. um, if you have an asset that you can collateralize into a loan, you're much more liquid because now you don't actually have to sell the asset and realize those gains, which are taxable. But you can kind of uh, keep the asset, and if it goes, if it continues to go up, your loan to value drops uh, a fair bit. So if you want, you can get some of your assets back and reloan that out for more. Interesting. I never ever looked into that. I need to do some more research on that because this entire concept is pretty foreign to me. What deters me the most with with collateralized loans. Is that you need to provide about from from what I saw twice, or one and a half to twice the amount that you want to borrow. Um, yeah, so that's for uh, kind of just like your own safety because if it's backed one to one, if it falls a certain amount, uh, it'll hit your liquidation price like a lot sooner. Uh, if that sort of makes sense, oh, yeah. and. Um, like uh, the collateralized loans that I tend to use are backed uh, 25% loan to value. So pretty much if I supply you with $1,000, I only get $250 back. Yeah. Now that's the lowest reward, but it's also the lowest risk because your risk of liquidation is it has to fall 75% now, right? Yeah. Uh, it works like that. So what other tokens do you have besides DAG? Okay, uh, so I, I guess I could just quickly list off my portfolio sure, yeah. from... Yeah, okay, so after DAG, um, I've got Alliance Block, then LCX, Unison, XDC, Hedera Hashgraph, Vectorspace AI, and then just a little bit of Bitcoin. Okay, so you have nearly the same portfolio as, as I do. I, I, I also own all those tokens that you just named, except for the XDC. And that's that's Xinfin, right? Yes, that's Xinfin. Yeah. And 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 I noticed you are, were on, on Twitter in, in, in a space with I forgot his name. But you, you guys were talking XDC a lot. And citizens I, of the future. Yes, that's yeah, the one. Good good buddy of mine. And, and utility I li- theory. What? Yeah, utility theory. Yeah, yeah. and I, I listened to that talk for a bit, and and you guys were like, "Oh, and XTC, and it's also, and God knows what." And I was like, "Wait, what? Uh, how can these guys be be into in, into quant and also um, 
in, into the, the XDC because most of the times when I see XDC passing on my Twitter feed, it's it's a bunch of like, okay, what? No, that's not XTC. So can, what can you tell us about XTC before I, I thrash it even more and I look like a bigger idiot than I already do? Please so, tell um, me. Enlighten us. Okay, I, I'm not the most well-versed in XTC. Uh, citizens or U- Utility Theory actually has some YouTube videos regarding XTC and the overall ecosystem that break it down into real de- like really deep detail. But what I can tell you is um, much similar to Quant, they are working in the trade finance industry, but more so of what they're uh, obviously Quant is doing far more than trade finance. Right. But uh, what Zinfin is kind of looking to do with their main initiatives at the moment is uh, they have joined the ITFA. So that is the International Trade and Forfeiting Association. And a lot of what they're doing is trying to push this new initiative of uh, something called MLETR. So that's Model Law on Electronic Transfer Records. And simply what it wants to do is turn every trading document into a digital trading document. Because at the moment, every uh, trade document, like... um, you know, uh, countries trade uh, commodities and goods back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so all those records have to be kept on paper by law right now. Yeah, that's what it was about. The amount of paper being used and, and yeah. Continue. Yeah, and uh, if you stack all those papers up, I think it measures to like, I think it was like 54 Statues of Liberty. And that's just in a year alone. So the initiative for uh, some of uh, the kind of groups that are joined is to digitalize all of trading. And pretty much that initiative of MLETR came out from the United Nations itself. So in a sense, they are kind of indirectly working and supporting the United Nations. And what I mentioned about the ITFA, so they're pretty much one of the biggest trade finance kind of organizations out there and they've got guys with them who have like worked years at swift and then they've got other companies that they're working alongside with like hsbc r3 um a lot of those other banking and some legal companies too there was something interesting that that i'm I'm trying to to get to the front of my brain because in, in that talk you guys were talking about if you if you sent so something in the realm of a shipping container from A to B, how much paper that would take and how many signatures. And there was this outrageous amount of, of paper and cost involved. And that, that and it constituted to to a certain per- percentage of the costs of, of, of shipping stuff. Does that ring a bell or am I just talking? Um, it rings a bell, but the problem is we've had multiple of these spaces and we've probably like repeated that multiple times. So I honestly can't remember which space exactly it was at the moment. Yeah, because to me that, that, that illustrated why, what, what XTC provides could actually be, um, an asset, but I totally forgot. So maybe you can... Tim is laughing again. Maybe you can you remember that, that example because I, I still don't really feel what XTC is solving right now. Besides, then trying to eliminate paper. 
Uh, so that's just one part of it. The other part is um, they are a layer one. So much like, you know, your Solanas, your Ethereums, Hedera uh, mm-hmm. Hashgraph, all those kind of things. Um, so uh, what I have, the, the, my reasoning for XDC is uh, it's kind of my bet on the layer one ecosystem. I do think that eventually there will be some successful layer ones. And while a lot of these are sort of have their own problems like solana's shutting down more than once a month ethereum fees are absolutely through the roof uh binance is just a copy of ethereum so is tron i'll stop shitting on all these other layer ones but oh, no, um, no, this is the comfy show we shit on everything uh, i all love right. how you mentioned that's the we, number we nine need a bowl? Pardon? what huh? What, what were you saying, Yoro? We need them all. We need all those blockchains to interoperate. All right, all right. Oh, all right. Yeah. yeah, no, but I love how you just casually dropped how the number nine uh, uh, network. Oh, yeah, it just shuts off every now and then. It, it does, though. <laughs> what oh, I, what I, kind I, of reliability is that? It's like, it's it, like going to a bank and saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're just closed uh, we're every just now closed and then. Yeah, I, well, I know we're normally open on Mondays, but yeah, we just decided to close today. Yeah. You but, your um, money. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, Solana being in the top 10 is uh, it fascinates me a bit because um, if you're talking about a protocol like this, like um, I'll just use Constellation as an example again. So Constellation has their partnership with the U.S. Department of Defense, right? Mm. Now, imagine if Solana had landed that partnership instead of Constellation and Solana is working with the Department of Defense and Solana happens to shut down just once what do you think the department of defense is doing with that contract on the first time they shut down god it's over they're, they're scrapping that because yeah. when you're securing federal information and you shut down they, they can't have that happening so uh yeah solana fascinates me a bit um i guess since we're here to shit on some other layer ones uh cardano <laughs> ada um they've been talking about smart contracts for God knows how long now. Um, there's no actual adoption on the platform whatsoever from what I've seen. Like, I haven't seen anyone saying, I'm using this DeFi platform on Cardano or I bought this NFT off Cardano. And then... Yeah, um, but, is, is, but, but are, are NFTs and those things really the, the adoption that, that we're... No, no, it's not. But I just mean like when you're not even showing an adoption there. <laughs> yeah, how exactly. Do you any adoption, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can't uh, even manage to do that, then yeah, you're a sorry excuse other, for a blockchain. Algorand, I don't actually have that much uh, bad to talk about. I am a fan of Algorand. They are working with ISO and they come from MIT, which we know Quant has some works with. So uh, I'll, I'll spare Algo for today. Hedera Hashgraph, um, I actually do hold some HBAR, but their uh, tokenomics are pretty pretty ugly, I'd say. There is no vesting on the tokens whatsoever. And uh, the what do the tokens do? I believe Hedera Hashgraph has here. I'll take a look right now. They have a total of fifty billion, and circulating is at twenty million. Hmm. So a bit under fifty uh, percent. Okay, and, but but what does the token do? Because that's usually the question that that asks oh, itself before I get into even thinking about buying a token. Yeah, so uh, the HBAR token is mainly used for just like kind of payments on their platform. And then you need a certain amount to run as a validator on their network. And 
so running a node on Hedera Hashgraph does take a fair amount of computation power and in return capital. So another use case for their token is just staking it onto other validators and kind of giving them more voting rights for the ones that you want. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I've kind of gone down the uh, list of layer ones and um, yeah, so back to XDC. Uh, just based on kind of what the uh, what, what I had to say about these layer ones, I found XDC to sort of be the most uh, prominent in a sense that was actually providing a real solution. Uh, they also work as a hybrid blockchain. So they have uh, sort of stuff for the retail side to use. So they have stuff building around like NFTs in the metaverse and all that kind of stuff. But then they also have a lot of uh, products in their ecosystem that are really sided towards uh, institutional and enterprise trade finance. So that would be like, trading platforms for certain tokenized assets. And the other thing that kind of sold me on them as a layer one was that they're very well connected relative to any other layer one. Like when you look at like, again, like Solana, Ethereum, ADA, they don't really have any connections to legacy infrastructure. What XTC has is connections to some of the biggest names in trade finance. So I think, uh, it was that that uh, really made me think like, okay, I think this is the bet I want for my layer ones. Interesting. And, 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 and what legacy partners are they connected to them? Because you... uh, so uh, in there, so we mentioned there, the international trade and forfeiting association, right? Yes. So in that little, uh, it's basically like uh have you guys looked into yeah i'm sure you guys have looked into like hyperledger and moby and how quant are in those along with like a bunch of others mm -hmm. so that's kind of how their connections work at the moment and then um something i really like to do is looking at the team and where the teams previously worked before because since crypto is still such a new area someone who's got like a really comfortable position and say like Apple or something wouldn't want to leave their position as like say CTO of Apple to start a crypto startup. Yeah, it depends if you want to create Ponzonomics and just get rich from a single rock pool. That could be a very interesting idea. That that yeah, that's definitely another point. But um so <laughs> the uh one of the advisors at uh XDC, he's worked I believe twenty something I'll actually pull this up right now, but let's see, he has worked for, yeah, 24 years at Swift. And I just felt like someone who's worked at Swift as their managing director for the global head of supply chains wouldn't just kind of hop into the crypto space and build something related to trade finance kind of here when he's got all this experience kind of in the legacy infrastructure. And then that's, that's that's true and fair yet um and I'm, I'm just being being a dick right now but being an advisor is not a full-time job so no it's there, not there, yeah there, there could be a, a low risk easy money who cares if this blows up kind of decision it definitely is because uh most times being an advisor isn't a full-time job right like yeah. it's kind of just something people do in the background the other interesting thing 
with this guy's background is he's also an advisor and director for multiple of the other projects in the XDC ecosystem. So that kind of made me feel like, okay, he seems like he actually kind of wants some sort of deeper affiliations with the ecosystem and kind of what he's building to building it towards too. And then wow, that makes sense. It's kind of what Gilbert does with the, uh, what's that? The Unison with Unison. Yeah. Uh, similar to that. But then also uh, this guy has, uh, so th- this guy's name is Andre Casterman for anyone who wants to look him up or anything. Kasterman's he, a Dutch guy. He uh, is it Dutch. Okay. I, I, I thought don't it was know. Andre, Andre Kasterman sounds really Dutch to me. Okay. I'll or take German. German. <laughs> Andre Kasterman. That's also a possibility. So this guy who's the advisor for XDC is also the uh, chairman for, or he is, no, he's he's just one of the chairs. He's not the chairman, but he's one of the chairs for the ICFA, which is the, uh, that sort of international trade and forfeiting association we were referring to that has guys from like HSBC, R3, and all these like trade finance companies in there. And the way XDC got brought into the ITFA was actually through this guy saying like, hey, um, I have a bunch of experience in the trade finance industry. And what these guys doing at XDC would seem like they've really helped the initiatives we're looking to push. I think he's uh, Belgian, by the way. Yeah. University of Brussels. Mm talks about DLT payments, trade finance, digital assets, and asset management. Casterman Advisory. Andre Casterman. Sorry. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that's a little summary of what kind of sold me on XDC. They are also mentioned a fair amount of times by the World Trade Organization and the International Chamber of Commerce. So I think those connections are pretty, I guess, relieving to see coming from an investor, seeing that they have those connections to kind of some of the biggest names in that respective industry. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. And and, no, we're not going to give financial advice. Interesting. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, I mean, uh, that's a big part of what I base uh, kind of my portfolio allocations off of just kind of like connections they have to kind of infrastructure that's already laid out there. Yeah. But I think that's important. Um, I always try to keep an open mind. Uh, That is obviously difficult now in this position because I completely went with the flow. I was like, okay, let's let's just go with Q&T. I'm not sure if that's the best decision, honestly. Uh, because there's always opportunity costs uh, uh, with this approach. Um, But yeah, I made up my mind. I made this decision, I made this plan, but it's always good to know at least what's going on in the rest of crypto, because when the market hits these kind of lows, uh, where, well, um, I see you're not disagreeing with me in the background. No, 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 But when when, uh, Bitcoin is also moving back to the 200, is it the 200 day moving average? 200 week. 200 week. 200 week moving average. Yeah. Well, um, we haven't seen this kind of behavior since, um, well, the, 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 the March 2020 lows. Then you know it is time to accumulate again. And, yeah, this is where um, money is being made. Exactly. This is the time to 
kind of look into decent stuff and uh, especially when you see those gems in in in, in the top 200 and, and Quant is already top 60 uh, there's always an opportunity there to to at least uh, devote a little bit of your, uh, your portfolio into those kind of coins so i think it's really interesting to to just keep an eye on the market because those are all valid projects and when the market picks up you can make a ton of money taking a relatively low risk there's also one one thing i'm, I'm really thinking about check d we talked about this before with uh self-sovereign identity and it's kind of also bottoming at the moment so do, do you own any check d uh tokenizer or I I believe I own a very little amount just because they uh, are working with Unison. So I've gone it just from like staking Unison, but no, I've never oh, actually yeah. bought any check D yet. Okay. Uh, I have looked a bit into the project and I do think it's pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the idea of SSIDs, I think are here to stay. And I think eventually like with more development in like kind of digital ownership and everything SSIDs will definitely continue to play a role. And I think it's something I personally see quant playing a role in too, because you're going to need identities to be interoperable on different platforms. Right. Yeah. 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 And when I did some, some, some digging yesterday, um, I, I I also found a Gilbert quote somewhere. I'm not going to look it up. I can't remember what I was looking for, but, um, it had something to do with that, that that they quote unquote solved um identity they solved the interoperability for that and and and, and something else and that's what kept me from investing in in check d um i always try and look for for a moat like like what is um what does this project have that makes it really difficult for competitors to, to to eat their lunch, if that makes sense. And for Q&T, to me, that's the patents. That, that, that's a decent mode because the, 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 the layers that are the meat and potatoes of the, of the protocol are, uh, are patent pending, which is just awesome. Gilbert's CV is so super hyper-relevant in all the spaces that he's um, trying to market his product. So even if somebody manages to circumvent the patents and, and and comes up with the same solution, they still don't have the same reputation, the same connections, the same history, personal history, which is so important um, as, as Gilbert does. Um, so, 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 so those two things alone make, make Quant to me a very strong investment and a really, really difficult party to to simply destroy or overtake. It it, it, it makes it a, a lot more unfuckwithable than 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 in this case uh, a check D that yeah kind of quotes um, just creates self-sovereign identity. I think um, and the same with with with, with L ones. There will be another L one eventually because it's it's ride or die. You, you need to keep scaling when you're a level one, you need to keep innovating. You need to keep uh, getting faster, more secure. Keeping up with the Joneses is a reality for an L1. That's why I love quant being an OS. Um, it doesn't matter who wins the, the L1 race if they have a beer winner. I mean, even Vitalik said the future is multi-chain. Um, and Gilbert's seen that Gilbert's done that. 
So I feel the same about CheckD and, and HBAR and, and all the other solutions. Um, I would sleep with one eye open, holding the vast majority of my uh, my, my worth in, in, in those tokens. And I think Ethereum um, will not live forever either. No, I, 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 I agree so, with that, yeah. Like, uh, did you have anything else to add to that before? No, no, just more gibberish and repeating myself. Okay. Uh, no, I completely agree with that. And like, um, I don't know, quant is my largest position for a reason, right? Like, you can't deny those connections laid on that. Here, actually, um, I wanted to just put this image in here real quick. I know you guys have uh, shared this image once. Uh, yes, I just dumped it into. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's one I made a while back just because I was like, you know what? I want to see like just how much these connections. You, you, you made this. Yeah. I made this one. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah we, we shared this a bunch of times. Yeah. Applause. Oh, this, is, this, is, okay. this, is, this is the one where you see the, the quant logo on the top with the quant brand name. Underneath, you see the team lined up uh, with Gilbert, uh, Lara, Martin, Carrier, Dietrich, Smith, and Luke Riley. Yeah. And then, and then all the, the partners and the links. Pretty much, uh, yeah, all the connections. And, and, I think and, and I've got to update that sometime soon, though. There's been a bit more that's come out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to visualize uh, that for the people. I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll also put this in the description so you can yeah uh, it, it was pretty funny uh that i brought this up today because I, I occasionally get people posting about it saying like oh this is a great graphic and then i'll come in and be like yeah uh <laughs> i'll probably have to uh start stamping my work now because uh oh, we was copyrighted this... fucking okay i'm not gonna share this oh no no you you can share it no, no, it, it's not like actually copyrighted. I just meant like yeah. there's some people that are just like ripping it off and being yeah. like, yeah. Uh, so I commented that just like a while back and I actually got a DM today from someone saying, you didn't make this graphic. Stop trying to take credit for work you didn't do. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah, um, I think I, yeah. yeah, I tweeted about it earlier today and actually I had to like pull up the Photoshop document and be like, okay, is that why I'm able to like mess around with all these layers? <laughs> but People are uh, such thieves and bastards, man. That's why we freaking need everything to know. Well, yeah. I mean, pretty much the reason I uh, wanted to pull this up quickly was just um, kind of your point of saying there's other layer ones out there. Like, uh, you know, we just listed off a ton of them, like Ethereum, Solana, Cardano and all that stuff. But with Quant, uh, not only are they an OS where there's like li little to no competition out there for in the crypto world, but even if, let's say, hypothetically, someone forms a interoperability solution that's built around an OS, that's great. But do they have those connections to the Bank of England or to SIA or to wherever else Quant is connected to? Do they have Guy Dietrich and uh, Neil Smith as their advisors who have pretty much worked at like global elite level companies. I, I agree. don't think so. No. Yeah. And it's like, 
I don't know. It, it's not just the product of Overledger itself that's so amazing, right? It's the connections the team has, the potential for these connections to kind of like unravel and for that network effect to take off. Yes. And this, oh, you know. No, no, go oh, ahead. Maybe because I want to move to uh, the final parts of the episode. Uh, and that is the questions. I uh, forgot to uh, put the questions on 24 hours in advance. So I just put uh, the questions on, on Instagram like when we were like 40 minutes into this episode. And some people did actually use it. So I have one question here for you guys. Can the quant project fill? Can quant network and overledger fill? What's your, what's your take? Can can I fail? Hmm. Uh, I've actually thought about this before. Uh, I think on the regulatory side of things, uh, obviously, like anything is possible in this world. But I think on the regulator side of things, uh, logically, it doesn't seem like it would fail due to regulations because Gilbert himself is essentially like he's worked in a regulator sort of position. So I think in that sense, it doesn't it can't fail i think in the sense of a newer better technology maybe like five ten years down the line we might see quantum computing and stuff like that but even then i've read stuff about why quant uh would kind of still be like utilized even in a quantum computing environment so the only way i really see them failing is like i don't know if uh there, there, it'd have to be something unfortunate. Like if Gilbert Verdian got like kidnapped or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I think it's interesting that you went back to what are points of failure for a company like that? And um, I, I think there's, there's different answers for different situations. Indeed, when you look at the tech, um, it, 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 it seems like it's infinitely scalable and updatable and stuff because it, well, the, the way it's created, it's not a blockchain itself. Um, so on the tech side, yeah, it, it will probably be okay. On the regulation side, um, it, it will probably be okay. And I use the word probably because, yeah, obviously things can go wrong. Heaven forbid. But um, imagine everything going live and there's a back door somewhere. And the super secure overledger network gets fucked, and the Federal Reserve gets drained. Mm-hmm. That that would be pretty bad. It's not <laughs> it's not very logical, but it could, it could technically happen. Um, and then you got like the the team composition. I mean, they have a bunch of uh, globally world stars, as you just uh, just pointed out. Um, I, I think it, it it takes more than just kidnapping gilbert i think uh the the team by now is let's say the whole team gets kidnapped well no because any project would die in that sense hey yeah i mean there there would be a scenario i think where the project would fail uh but not necessarily the project because that is ultimately not what we are interested in i think that the, the the risk here in terms of can it fill is in the price of Q&T itself. So people need to understand that overledger will work. Regardless of the price, it will work. If, it, if the price is high, we will have enough Ferdians, uh to cover that. And when the price is low, you will simply buy more Q&T. So, so it will always work. 
Um, but I think there, there, there could be this scenario in the crypto markets where everything just uh, crashes down, fate is gone, and we will enter a very long recession and bear market. That could be painful. No effect on the company. Whatsoever. But that would Nothing. have a lot of effect on the company. But but still, that, that could be a scenario where things go bad. Well, yes. Uh, if you take a recession into account and just like overall prices going down, yes, that would be bad. But fundamentally, that doesn't affect the company whatsoever, right? That's not going to stop them from continuing to develop. And yeah. I agree that in the short to medium term, if that does happen, that will have a negative price on the token. But to say it's failed because it's entered a recession and pretty much all prices are down, I think that might be an overstatement. Because yeah, I think when they, yeah. once we escape that recession, we will see value pumping back into it. Even if, even if we don't, because now we are assuming that all value of the token is currently created or, or will be created by the crypto sphere and at the moment that is true the price currently is all speculation because we have no dashboard we have no uh, real factual information of any traffic on the network that's also the main point of FUD right now that's where everybody wants when gateways but even if there's going to be a huge recession and everything is going to tank another 90 percent from here um, there will still be the people scooping up the Q&Ts, people like, like, like you and I. And what is interesting is even if you go through the most heavy recession and the most terrible depression even, the companies that Quant is involved with are not the cryptosphere companies. They are involved with the Oracles and, and the Microsofts and the Googles of this world and 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 the reserves and 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 the sias and all those companies will have revenue regardless all those companies will have traffic no matter what sia nexi will always have payments going over the network because it will always be black friday somewhere in whatever the fuck that is and, and people will still buy shit at christmas and people will will, will buy cars and drive their cars and and, and, and all that stuff. And in the end, that will all add up to traffic going over the Overledger network. So um, even, even if everything tanks uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and faith, faith in crypto gets destroyed, there will still be utility going on. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't discard this scenario that, that it will get a very... That might get very dark, and and and, and the trick is, will the token you... price will get dark, not the yeah, business. But, but the, the question company. is, the question is, will you hold on? Well, was it was it was that the question? I know that no, that's not the question, but that oh. is the personal question. Like, will you manage to hold on to your to your assets? Yeah, will you keep the faith? Of course. I mean, I think that depends on the person's timeline too, right? Like some, there are some people who are older who might not have as long as a time horizon where, I don't know, maybe they're approaching retirement and kind of need that money soon. So if we do enter a recession, maybe quant might not be the best idea and some safer investments might, but someone with a longer time horizon who's done their research and seen the scale of what quant could grow out to be. I think, uh, yeah, under a normal circumstance where you're not forced to sell, it makes sense to obviously hold, right? Yeah. 
we care now for sure. Yeah, I think I think obviously failing is a possibility, but I think the the the, the odds of that happening are are quite small. And obviously, I think everyone who has been investing in Q and T has has been thinking of all the scenarios, me included. Uh, and there, there is a reason I am I'm so deeply taking this risk, but I am yeah. not discarding it ultimately. I think there yeah. is still a possibility that something goes wrong and that we have been overlooking it all the time. But it is at the same time, it's very difficult to find that. And we also have a community that is trying to dig out everything. But we, yeah. I, I still think we should remain skeptical until the very end because there might be something we all see in plain sight yeah. and we don't notice. Cool. Quant made revenue ten million in twenty nineteen. We 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 know that, um, mm-hmm. and and then it was still a startup, only two three years old. By now the team has ten x. Sure, sure. Uh, and the, so the, that that is most likely is... also something. No, no, but I I think the point is everything can fail. That's true. I mean, fucking Boeing nearly <laughs> crashed and burned, um, but. The, the startup phase is the most difficult. The first couple of years is the most difficult to get the revenue going, to get the product going. Um, there's there's no doubt about demand. There's no doubt, in my mind at least, on the product, on the team. Um, can it fill? Of course it can fill. But the chances are so small right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, small. we're probably exaggerating that possibility. But still, it is crypto. Look at what happened to Luna. Uh, barely it's, a couple of weeks ago, we were... Luna, Luna had no existence no, outside of crypto. Now, if you look at it, their meat and potatoes still, was in crypto. Sure, but that, it was still yeah. crypto. Yeah, I mean, it was still in the top 10. It was still, they had dApps running on it. It was still a network that was functioning with one main Oh, but that's that your network is not reliant on crypto because it's fiat based. I know, but there, there is still don't. No, I think it's naive to just assume that then nothing will go wrong. No, it won't. <laughs> that's... Well, I, I think um, it's uh, we do have to take into account that things could potentially go wrong, but I think we also ha- we also have that safety blanket to fall back on to say like. Okay, well, if it doesn't work out in the crypto ecosystem, like, uh, I think Hungarian Horntail actually brought this up in one of you guys' previous shows, but he said crypto as a whole could go away and uh, Quant Overledger would still have its own use case. Yep. And so uh, the way I kind of see Quant and some of these other utility tokens is they just happen to be accessible in the crypto markets, but in reality, they don't operate like your normal crypto asset would. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of skeptical. If, if things that's go why you wrong, get a tummy ache every time the price tanks. You don't yeah, believe. I mean, so we're. I mean, Pagan! we we are we are still <laughs> we are still far from adoption, and and that that is a serious risk. We we I far am, from adoption. Yeah, we we are still far from adoption everywhere. We we. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> crypto itself isn't adopted. And, and and we have only some comfort. I mean, there, there, there crypto are... is just a name for what 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 we think we we are in. Crypto is nothing. I think um, crypto itself 
uh, isn't so close to adoption, but I think blockchain and DLT has seen more adoption than we've realized. And that's where quant really lies, right? It's not, uh, we don't really see them as a just crypto project, but they're a project or they're a company that's built around interoperating blockchain and DLT and legacy systems. True. Um, I, I just wouldn't personally discard the possibility that something goes terribly wrong. Not no, sure I where think that will happen. Uh, we we don't know where because if we knew, we would be rich. Um, but but yeah, I think that is definitely something to keep into account, and I think you should keep that into account with any investment, right? Like you yeah. never know when something could go wrong. Like even when you're investing in like the S and P five hundred, which is the market index for like the U.S. economy. Like we've seen stuff go wrong there and like it, it's not exactly how or what goes wrong and how badly you fall from it, but it's how you recover too. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, like, I, think the, the, oh, no, I think that the rest of the, yeah, the, the rest of the questions are, so do we think uh, we will ever go back to uh, all time high? I'm not even going to answer that question. Uh, what happens when, I mean, come on, what happens, I don't have to ask you guys, uh, what happens when the supply of quant runs out? Well, we will get the supply shock, I think. And then some, it's, some... it's a mathematical impossibility. The supply can never, ever run out because we have the 18 decimal things. So that's 14.6 septillion verdians. That, that's like five million times the amount of sand grains in the world ish ballpark that's yeah i think uh, go ahead oh i think people misconceptualize the idea um yes quant is really scarce it's 33 percent more scarce than bitcoin and we've seen somewhat of a supply shock on actually quant and bitcoin but Mm. the thing is uh people think of these in relative numbers they think one quant two quant three quant but like they don't take into account, especially with the licensing lockup, the fact that uh, eventually if one quant is too much to lock up, they're just going to lock up 0.1 quant or 0.001 quant. And then one day, maybe like 0.00001 yep. quant. Those numbers are just infinitely divisible down to like the 18th decimal. And to get there, well, quant would need quite an insane market cap. Yeah. It does. Yeah, true. It does. And um the, the interesting part is to to be to be able to utilize the verdians price needs to go up and the good thing because everything on overledger network works with fiat that means that the price can go up indefinitely um it it doesn't matter to the network it doesn't matter to quant network and it doesn't matter to the clients what the Q&T price is. The Q&T price could be 10 million a token. I'm not saying it will get there this year, but um, it, it doesn't matter for the for the functionality of the network at all because the fiat price remains the same. You just get fewer Q&T for the price. So you get... Yeah, the, I, yeah. I, I really believe that fixing their prices to fiat really has their system laid out like almost... I don't want to say perfectly because that's like a really strong way to put it, but like in a structure that will be like actually sustainable, right? Because 
Yes. For uh, I'll, I'll use Ethereum as an example, but to run as a validator node on Ethereum, you need 32 Ethereum. That's priced out like a large majority of people because that's yeah. like, I think that's almost six figures now. So when you fix it to the price of fiat, it doesn't matter what price the token gets to. The only reason uh, the fiat or the only reason the payments are made in the token is because that's how the network runs. You can pay in fiat, but everything on the back end will be converted into QNT payments. No. No. Um, I'm just going to go to the last part of this episode, like the, the final part. I'm just going to share my screen for a bit uh, and show you guys something uh, exciting. Thanks by the way, for, for the way we tackled the questions. Wait, yeah, here we are. Um, happy 50k, guys! 50 yeah, wow. hey. I, I, saw, I saw it earlier uh, today. Someone said like we hit 50k fall or 50k holders. Yeah, what, what was that it. big hit the other day on May it's 17th? A glitch. Oh, so it's, it's a basically a glitch. Yeah, uh, the, the bot sometimes has issues uh, trying to uh, well, project everything correctly. Yeah, yeah. I see. And, and, and what I find striking here is uh, basically since, well, the 11th, 12th of May, obviously during the, the and, and, and that's also what I tried to do on Twitter, uh, during the Luna well, affair, <laughs> it's called that, it's an understatement. Luna Gates! Yeah, the, the, but yeah, through the, crawling out through the fallout, basically, the days after that, um, you can see the amount of wallets increasing rapidly. So, yeah. basing on day one, you see plus 131, 555, 412. According to Etherscan, right now we have 50,080 holders. Yeah. So, what I think here is that what we're seeing is just that people are actually moving their funds off exchanges, right? Off exchanges, yeah. Yeah, I think that Coinbase thing they put out, uh, you guys saw that Coinbase thing, right? Like in the event they go bankrupt, they can use their users' funds. Um, I think that definitely scared a lot of people and had them realize like, you know what, maybe I should uh, take it off an exchange. That's actually something um, I, I get really bugged by. I don't get why people justify leaving your coins on an exchange. Oh, no. I can easily, easily explain that. What's the justification, Yarno? I'd because, love to hear it. Because a lot of people um, don't care for the not your keys, not your coins. The, 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 the way we think and feel about this place is, is not how most people view it. Um, the way we look at banks is not how most people view it. And I have a lot of wealthy friends and family. Um, nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Nobody sees the danger of, of holding your fiat on a bank. Um, nobody sees the risk. And I, I told them the risk of, of an exchange holding your tokens. They don't care. They see an exchange just like it's a bank. You put your, 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 your money on a bank, you put your tokens on an exchange. And I explained them. Um, okay, careful not, not to dox people. Um, there, there are people that actually bought a ledger because I told them, listen, you have over three figures QNT um, that, that will be worth a substantial amount of money in the future. And since you are uh, you intent on holding this for, for the, the far foreseeable future, 
you would probably be better off putting it on your ledger. And right now they have it on CoinMetro. I trust CoinMetro most of all exchanges for, for my personal reasons. Um, and, and, and they know the, the, the risk and they are not willing to sell anytime soon, but still they haven't put it on their ledger because it, it's not important to them. They don't, they don't care if, 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 if it's not your keys, not your coins. And that's for most people. Also, um, the, the risk of sending coins from one place to another is high. The difficulty of owning a ledger is also substantial. I mean, oh, having a ledger in your house, having your 24 words in your house, uh, saying you get burglarized or your house burns down, you can still lose all your funds. If they're on an exchange, you cannot. This, that's an additional risk factor. Not everybody is as conscientious as, as we may be. And even a conscientious people like us uh, can make mistakes. People that are well-read up on the crypto space and know you need to send a small amount first and then a bigger amount and you should not engage with contracts left and right, blah, 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 blah. Um, even we make mistakes and get fucked. Um, so I understand. And I even advised some people, not financial advice, just leave your coins. Leave your coins on the exchange. It's the, the, the risk is, is not the same as it was in the Mount Gox time. It's simply not. I mean, obviously mistakes can be made. CoinMetro got quote unquote hacked, social engineered, and, and they reimbursed everybody. And, and, and the same happened on other exchanges. And they did the same. If you want to keep your reputation, you want to keep on existing, you, you just need, need, need to get that stuff sorted. And that mitigates risk a lot for a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. But I do, I, I do agree if you're willing to, and if you really want to do it quote unquote right, and you want to own your tokens, put them on a ledger. But it, it brings a whole new heap of potential issues with it. That's a really interesting point, how you brought that up. I never even thought about it like that. Like, especially with a bunch of these exchanges offering like insurance and stuff, how, you know, in a sense, uh, if you don't have a ton of tokens in like nominal value, maybe it makes more sense to keep it on an exchange because now you don't have to pay those exchange fees, which can definitely add up sometimes. And you're kind of in a sense insured and you don't have to be responsible of keeping your own ledger safe and not exposing your seed phrase. And it is liquid. Yeah, that's, I, yeah. I mean, like Tim and I, t- 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 I both have, have, have an amount of, of Q&T scattered around exchanges because yeah. when... No, I'm the same. When, when eventually the bull market hits again, um, Ethereum fees will be disgusting. And you, Exactly, yeah need to buy ETH and if you want to sell quickly you want to sell a local top because there's a ridiculous spike from one day to the other that's difficult that's a really good point yeah I guess like um, maybe in the sense like if you plan to like hold a long term bag I think that's when you should really consider getting a ledger because that's when like I don't know uh, both of them obviously have their own risks with having your own ledger you have to actually be responsible of keeping your keys safe and not losing those keys yeah and your words keep them on multiple places uh and what is it just like uh actually learning how to send funds back and forth but then on exchange the risks you're facing is uh in the event that exchange does hypothetically go bankrupt your coins are gone 
Yeah. So yeah, it's that, that, I don't know. that is indeed that Important. is indeed the biggest risk for exchanges that I haven't con considered that they could potentially go belly up. Um, but you're definitely right on the fact up. we're past the Mount Gox days to where you know we're, uh, knock on wood because we we don't know if this will happen again. But you know it's it's not a guarantee a Mount Gox won't happen again. You know. It, that 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 is true. Um, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it, I I I think it's um, getting getting more and more unlikely the bigger everything gets. Same as um, bank robberies, the risk of, of all your money getting stolen, um, banks just pulling rugs. Uh, regulation is actually picking up, and everything is getting more and more uh, well regulated. Um, and, 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 and accountable and, 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 and liable but by many laws. And I think um, if, if you do your homework to Coinbase's, to Kraken's, to Coin Metro's uh, of this world, um, I think they're insured up their ass, like you said. And I, I think they are getting more ethical as far as you can expect from institutions uh, like that. Yeah, definitely. It'll you know, be interesting to see how these uh, future of exchanges continue shaping out. Yeah. CDFI. CDFI, yeah, that's the new way. CDFI, yeah. yeah. I think, um, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people are having a hard time accepting the concepts of CDFI, but at the same time, I think it's, uh, like, did people really expect the first iteration of DeFi when... Uh, DeFi summer in 2020 first hit. Uh, did they expect that to be the end all be all for DeFi? Like, yes. there's going to be big changes to any industry. And, like, you know, to expect the first iteration of it to be sort of the uh, end all be all for it is kind of silly to think, right? Like, yeah. there's going to be changes and improvements to it. Yeah. Definitely. Evolution. I think, I think DeFi kind of. Uh lost its credibility. I mean, I wouldn't call it that yet, but it definitely lost its credibility after the current fiascos. I mean, everyone knew it was about to happen and then it happened. Yeah, I think it definitely took a bit of a hit. Um, I think the overall DeFi community is pretty interesting because there's some people who are just like kind of in DeFi, like myself, for example, I mess around in a DeFi protocol every now and then, but then there's people that are literally like no i don't keep any fiat on me everything is like in my DeFi wallets or in DeFi protocols and it's just kind of the the spectrum and range in kind of support for the DeFi ecosystem is it, it's interesting the kyc the regulation will catch up and absolutely the, and and whenever that hits when it really hits um there'll be a bank run in the DeFi world and there will be a lot of people getting their ass burned and there will a lot be a lot of people same with, with as with luna a lot of people will lose their money um and, and 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 usually it's not the people like you and i that will be the winners of, of that situation yeah it's the big so, whales right yeah the people that are that are on top of it the people that get wind of the situation before it's actually um implemented or when the regulation actually hits and um a lot of people will get burned and eventually 
I mean, that's why the CDFI thing is 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 is, is going to prevail. KYC is inevitable. Taxes are inevitable, and I know people hate it, and that's why they're in crypto. Um, if you don't want to pay taxes, you're you're going to be in the crypto of 2030, and that will be just like the dark web. Yeah. You know, they say there's two things in life you can't avoid, and that's death and taxes, right? Yep. Sure. So th- those are the certainties. Uh, I want to kind of move to the end of the episode. <laughs> I've been yeah, saying this for it's... the past 40 minutes, but I'm also looking at my own schedule. So yeah, it's, it's uh, midnight. We're, uh, over we're almost here. we're almost three hours in, man. So yeah, but it, yeah. it's it's, wow. it's okay. amazing. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it, it is amazing. Uh, it, it's a really good episode, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Um, do you have anything finally to to add for us, though? Could I? Be, like, besides your USDT tweet, tweet, we missed that. We're we're, yeah. we're we're not gonna get to it. I'll, I'll put it in the description. Tokenizer <laughs> has a tweet on on USDT. Um, it, it it might not all be so bad according to. USDT. Um, so check, yeah, check that, that out. Yeah, I just wanted to make clear that uh, all my stables that I'm holding are still in USDC. Until I see some more confirmation, I probably won't like be holding USDT yet. The only time I'm using it right now is just to like dollar cost average some quant or LCX. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Tokenizer, did you have anything else to add besides uh, that? Uh, just, uh, wanted to thank you guys for having me on. Um, it was an absolutely awesome time and just actually finally getting the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, hop on the Quamfy show because it's a series that I've been listening to for quite some time now. And really, yeah, I have. (laughs) So, um, to actually come on and talk and get feedback directly from you guys have that two way communication. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome to hear at first and I'm still like taking that in right now. Like, damn, I'm going to be on the Quampy show. <laughs> All right. Well, man, we, we, we loved having you. It was a great discussion. I really, uh, really enjoyed um, bouncing stuff off of you. Really love the insights you provided into all the other projects and, uh, and, and everything that we covered. Learned a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'd love to have you again in the future, if that's okay. Thank you, man. Yeah, I'd love to come back on sometime in the near future. Tim, closing nice. arguments. Uh, I don't really have any. I'm uh, curious okay. where, we, where we will be this time right. next week. I think we uh, we, we, we witnessed uh, an insane week. Last time both episodes were uh, heavy, I think. <laughs> Yeah, we were witnessing history uh, last week, and that they weren't. Uh, I think the quality of, of both episodes uh, was different because of just the events. We were just trying to process what was happening, and uh, we we survived, guys. We're still here. Indeed, I think uh, we we dropped an amazing episode last Tuesday for the Dutch people, and now we will drop an amazing one for the English uh, audience or the international audience, I should say. Yeah. So yeah. That's it. Uh, Thank you all for watching. Yeah. Make sure to do the like, subscribe, comment, give Tokenizer a follow on the Twitter. All the links will be in the description. Um, Let us know what questions you have, what remarks you have, what things we should address in in index episodes. Um, Upcoming episode, English is also going to have a guest. We're going to have a talk about the DAO, who's going to come on. You'll see. We'll probably drop some nuggets. uh, in the future tokenizer again thank you for uh for being here being here 
And, Thank uh, you, guys. I had an awesome time. Thank well, you. Uh, and, and feel free to join us anytime you want. Uh, in the yeah, for sure. I definitely plan to come back on in the near future. Yeah. So so it's uh, it was a really interesting episode. Thanks. Everybody, Thank you. stay comfy. Stay comfy. Cheers. Stay comfy. Peace. <laughs>